Goldthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Cavanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. 9.68, the wind is okay. How easy was that? It is Off The Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you for day three of the Tokyo Olympics and it's a golden day for Tasmania! Yes! We have a gold, a history-making gold for Tasmania. No other countries or places in the world won gold medals today. And if they did, who gives a rats? Because bugger Australia, bugger Canada, bugger Japan, bugger Kosovo, bugger rock, bugger Slovenia. Tasmania is on the medal tally finally. What an exciting day. Yeah, we probably should mention Canada also won a gold, which is a pretty big deal as well. But we'll get to that because we've got plenty to talk about. And while we've got somebody else talking here, Kasma's here. Kasma, <laughs> Tasmania won gold. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, you want to take a pop figure? This is really awkward. I'll here come back to you, Kasma. Jared. All right, you go upstairs now, okay? <laughs> I don't know what boat. to do. I'm not usually allowed to talk to children. Jared, welcome <laughs> off the podium. <laughs> Thank you. It's uh, it's good to be back on a golden day for Australia and Canada. Yes, Colin, uh, we should mention the little fact that I did kind of undersell it, but Canada, I'm really awkward right now. There's a child on. I feel like I'm about to get arrested. Um, uh, Canada won a gold medal too, Colin. We did. And it wasn't even somebody who was white, which you don't see often in some countries. But here in Canada, it's not unusual. Wow. We started off awkward and slightly racist. Good start to the day. Um... Very exciting day. Uh, Ariane Titmus winning gold for Australia. It was the Terminator versus the GOAT, as they wanted to say about 101 times. And Maggie McNeil also winning gold for Canada. It was the Canadian against the others. I don't know if she has a nickname. Uh, both in swimming, I should mention, for those who are playing at home and wondering what we're talking about. But outside of uh, the, the joy that came with the gold for both Canada and Australia, should also mention it's a bronze day for Australia. We added two bronze and a bronze day for Canada because you also added a bronze. One bronze? One. one. Yes. So you're still losing to us on the middle tally. Hey, you were beating us on the middle tally today for about 10 minutes, so... Good job when Maggie got that <laughs> gold. <laughs> um, let's get the reaction of Canada first because uh, I feel ours will go for a little bit longer because I've got a lot of stats today and I'm excited for it. Um, Colin, Maggie McNeil, was she somebody who was expected? I mean, she, she took a silver yesterday in the 4 by one but uh, mm-hmm. she's the world champion coming into the 100 fly. Was she being talked up as a gold medal chance? Um, she was being talked up as a chance. I don't think Canada talks up gold medal chance anymore. Uh, let me also clarify the comment about it wasn't somebody who's white. That, that's due to an off-air comment about how some countries it's unusual to see somebody of another race. Colin, you're not it's meant not to add to that. You're meant to just pretend that you're racist for once. So. <laughs> I'm not going to get myself a Noah reputation here. <laughs> this is uh, pretty normal here in Canada. But uh, I-, I would say a year ago, two years ago, uh, nobody had really even heard of Maggie. 
And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, her name's being thrown around with Penny. And with it. What, what made this even better is that, you know, A, it is an event that we have one gold in before. So now Canada back-to-back gold in the same one, but back-to-back with two different swimmers. I mean, it's great for Canada when we were in Rio to have anybody win a single medal. And then we came away with a gold, and now we won back-to-back golds in the same sports with two different athletes, which is incredible. And I just have to say, uh, Maggie hasn't been big on media up until this event, and I'm very fascinated by watching her. Uh, I think that she has potential of winning in a lot of things because the commentators pointed out that not only has she memorized the periodic table, but she knows the first 100 numbers of pi by heart. And when you watch interviews with her, you can just see there's something about her where she is so laser focused that she could probably, I don't know, uh, create time travel if she wanted to. So gold medal in the butterfly, by the time we get to Paris, she's going to be inventing time travel. And I will say she can go back in time to 2016 when Canada got the silver in this event, Colin. You're thinking of a different one for Penny. I hate to be that guy to to correct Canada's number one expert, but uh, Penny oh, won gosh. the 100-metre free. Penny got silver in the 100-butterfly. Come on, Colin. Uh, Everyone okay. knows this. Jesus oh, well, every, Unless you're in Canada. <laughs> well, the reason I knew that, because Basil let me know. Basil told me this is the first time that Canada had ever won a gold in this event. So well, I Basil believe knows Basil. best. Basil does know best, absolutely. I, I love her reaction. I mean, her oh, yeah. reaction, <laughs> basically, they, like even Liesl Jones was like cacking herself on our coverage because they kind of cut to her and she's just kind of like, oh, yeah. And then she kind of does this double-take pigeon almost. I'm like, I won. Uh, and then even then she kind of had a double take. I won! Um, and I saw she was interviewed afterwards. I think uh, the Team Canada posted her quotes where she basically said she couldn't see it because she she couldn't yeah. have contact lenses on and she she could not read the board, uh, which is fantastic. So I think even... I mean, we're going to talk about reactions. It's a day for reactions, I feel. But, uh, I mean... <laughs> She's got a. Is she endearing herself into the hearts of Canadians now, just with her? What you were telling us about the personality, as well as just this great reaction. Yeah, and and w- with her personality, one of the interesting things about her is, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but she 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 almost comes across very robotic when you see her interviews, because she's just I think so incredible, so smart, and everything. Uh, it's like watching a Terminator, uh, and if you can get her to crack, I think that is commentators, reporters, anchors, that is their gold medal. If you can crack Maggie McNeil and get a smile out of her. And uh, I I watched a very challenging interview with uh, one of our best uh, commentators we have here, one of our best reporters, um, Andy, um, what's her name? Andy Petrillo. And oh, yes. the she was it. Oh, she's she's very good. Um, you should check out her Instagram, but you might like it. Anyway, I'm googling. <laughs> how do you spell a name? <laughs> but uh, she was interviewing her. You could tell with every single answer. You and I have been there. You interview an athlete, and you think, okay, I'm going to give them something new. I'm going to get a reaction on them, and they're like, they have been asked this question a million times, and they are giving this response for the millionth time. And then when she finally asked her, it's like, you know, I have to talk about your reaction. You know, you're, you're not able to wear contacts. You don't have prescription goggles. And you look up and you do the, the squint and you see it and then you celebrate and then you do the squint again because you're still doubting it. And Maggie just smiled and kind of chuckled and like, there you go, Andy. You cracked the Terminator. You got a smile out of her. That's your gold medal. Okay, the Terminator is Ariane Titmus. You've got to be careful with what you're saying on this episode, Colin, because it's a golden night for us. Don't take away our Terminator. Just quickly, Andy Petrello, yeah, she's 
she seems like a nice lady. Um, but, I mean, we are talking about Penny yesterday. She only needs to win one medal. I mean, this is double medal now for, for Maggie because she was part of that 4 by one team yesterday. Has she, are they Penny. talking up other events? Has she got, like, is she in the 200 fly? Is she going to be in the 4 by one individual? Like, what, what else has she got going? Um, I think she did. she has a 200 something coming up because I remember, um, uh, I think it was in the, the qualification or the heats for this. They were saying she wasn't performing originally as well as expected because she had her attention on the relay at that point. And I did hear a similar comment about whether or not, you know, she was going to reserve something for a 200, but I don't know how many events she has to come. I mean, I think that there's a very good chance that we walk out of these Olympics and Maggie McNeil has replaced Penny Alexiak as the star of Canadian swimming. Wow. Well, we'll have to get her on the show then so that she doesn't win any more medals. Um, she can recite the first 100 numbers of pie for us. Hey, that's, that's enough. I didn't even know there was 100 numbers of pie. That's how smart I am. Um, also, <laughs> just while we're on uh, the medal wins today, uh, Jessica Klim-Kate. Yeah, another Terminator. Wow. In the women's 57 kilo. Now, I believe your very first ever female judo medal winner, and I think your fifth overall was this expected? Was this something that Canada was keeping an eye on? Because uh, from what I gather, she she had a bit of a chance. She was a world champion earlier this year in this yeah. event. Her name had not even been thrown around until last night when it started. So I just, I, I, I think we went over, you know, on our preview episode, these are the ones that I didn't even see her name mentioned, which is unusual because she is a world champion. But we've had several events where our world champions have not succeeded. Uh, so it it was, it was good to see that she ended up in the bronze. Um, I, I, if we're going to claim one Terminator, it's going to be her. Cause uh, I was watching, uh, I think it was her quarterfinal match and, um, it was over in about 20 seconds and the commentators actually said, Ooh, she does not look happy with that. You know, she's going to be reserving all of her aggression now for the semifinals as if she needed to take this frustration out. And then I thought, okay, this is just a one-time comment. It wasn't even Canadian commentary. I was watching. I don't know what country it was for the bronze medal. And they were saying, it's like, you know, I really hope that she's happy with that result. And you can tell she's just stone faced. Like I won the bronze should have been the gold. Like this is one angry woman. Like I love her. I think she's great. I mean, she's going to rip apart the judges just because she didn't make it to the gold match. It's actually interesting though, when it comes to Canada today, because you could have had two bronzes in the judo Colin, because uh, Arthur, Arthur Margledion, Margledion, yep. He uh, let you down by losing to a Mongolian. Who loses to Mongolia in judo? Probably most people. I think they're quite good at judo. But the the reason I also wanted to bring this up was I saw a tweet today from a very good friend of the show's, Mr. Evan Dunphy, uh, who tweeted out saying, who can explain to me why judo has two bronze medal matches? In boxing, both semi-final losers get bronze, which is also strange to me, but there are literally two bronze medal matches. I don't understand. Either way, Canada's got two chances for bronze coming up. <laughs> I want to know why are there two bronze? Like, this is the weirdest yeah. thing. Like, just do what you do in boxing. Two losers of the semis, you both get a bronze. That's fine by yeah. me. Like, why? do you, Was this talked about tonight, why this happens? No, I didn't see anything on it. But again, they were only coming back for the Canadians during the judo. Uh, so that was the only time we really saw it. I did want to point out, um, I'm not going to pronounce his name any better than you did, but uh, Jamie had no interest in him because he had previously lost to a Georgian. He, he only made it in a repechage later on. Uh, Jamie's new Jay Litherland is this Georgian judo guy. I don't even know where he ended up placing because I haven't watched the gold medals yet. But uh, 
wow, she's a fan of his. We got another guy to add to the list. Of, let's bring some of these hunky men on the show and get one is more this, listener for my wife. Is this Lesha Shevdet Uashvili? <laughs> if I saw him, I would know, but I don't even want to try spelling what you just said. Well, he's only a silver medalist. He lost in the final. So, oh, I, mean, I have come a on, spoiler. Jamie. Oh, <laughs> shit, you just said you haven't watched it. That's awkward. <laughs> I do listen. I, I, sometimes. I think we even started. I, w- it's pretty I attractive. We might have it's got a nice bod. Well, I, I, before when we were arranging this recording last night, I said, you know, we might have to start recording a little bit later because I'm not going to be home uh, for a while. I'm, I'm going to have a while to catch up. And just before we start, I'm just finishing the bronze for the judo, which I like. I, I don't know if you like spoiled everything else when I'm posting things out today or something along those lines. But um, oh, I, I muted you a long time ago. I learned that from Jared. I think everyone's <laughs> muted me a long time ago. Like, I mean, it's you're not the only ones, basically. Um, but it's it's exciting. Like, I like it when you'll get uh, a random sort of sport come out of nowhere. I think it was um, Sydney, and I'm just trying to remember her name. We got a we've we won two bronzes in judo. I think it's Sydney and Athens. We both got a bronze, and I remember Sydney was a real shock. Uh, Maria Peckley, that's the name. Oh. Uh, in the same event, the 57 kilo, we got a bronze. Uh, and that was kind of just one of those ones where it was like, of all the sports, it's like when Chloe won modern pentathlon. You're like, we're not going to win a medal in that. Um, and then Athens, we had a similar thing happening. I mean, Jared, do you, do you remember, again, I don't know if you remember sort of the, the joy it was when Australia got bronze in judo with those two Olympics? I don't, but you're right. There's a special joy that comes with us winning, with any country winning an unexpected medal. Um and I know we're only a couple of days in, but I'm hoping that we get that same feeling at some point throughout this Olympics. I think that there always is that sport that we will win. Like kind of you get to that point of an Olympics. And I, I know we talked about this when Chloe won the gold. It's kind of like, ah, oh, well, all our chances are done now. So we're just, you know, we'll just skate on by. We'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, Chloe. SB. I mean, that was, it was like Sochi when David Morris won that silver. We were kind of all like, ah, oh, yeah, we're done. We're not winning any more medals now. And boom, there we go, silver. So, uh, yeah, I wonder what that, I'm clearly thinking that we're going to, I don't know, win the karate Maybe. Um, I don't even know if we have any karate people. What's the correct term for a karate athlete, I guess? Karate chopper. Chopper (laughs) karate. I see what you did there. Um, Let's talk about Australia, though, because Colin's actually stepped away for a second. He's so emotional of their golden bronze day today. So emotional Uh, that you spoiled the results. I know. (laughs) Again, you know how it feels. Um, Ariane Titmus. I mean, look, I should mention, again, I, I'm wearing the Tokyo gold. I'm wearing the, the Tasmania jersey. I'm wearing the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Get on board the Jack Jumpers if you're not on board them in the NBL season coming up. Because, okay, Australia won a gold. I'm very, very happy. But let's let's just talk about this from a Tasmanian perspective. Because I know Colin, as he joins us again, probably has a similar thing, like very proud to be a Manitobian, Manitobite, Manitobite, what do you say? <laughs> Manito- Manit- I, you know, it's Manitobian, but I kind of like the sound of Manitobite. Let's go with that. Manitobanese, I don't know. But like whenever somebody from Manitoba wins a medal, I'm sure it's a big deal. But I'm gathering based on the guests we've had on this show, it's quite a more common thing when a, a somebody from Manitoba wins. Ariane Titmus is only the sixth ever Tasmanian to win an Olympic gold medal and 
She is the first ever individual athlete to win an Olympic gold medal from the Mm. state of Tasmania. Only the second ever female. And for those playing at home, yes, I will read you the other five Tasmanian gold medalists in the history of the Olympics. Uh, I'm going to guess Errol Flynn in fencing, right? (laughs) Sadly, he missed out in the fourth. He lost to bronze, sadly. Uh, Michael Grender in 1984, took to 1984 in LA for us to win our first ever gold. He was part of the 4,000 metre team pursuit cycling team that won. Our first ever female gold medalist was Marie Fish in hockey in Seoul in 88. Stephen Hawkins, not Stephen Hawkins, uh, was part of a double skulls team that won gold in Barcelona. We then had to wait until 2004 for Maddie Wells to be part of that famous kookaburra team that won uh, the men's only ever Olympic gold medal in Athens. And then Scott Brennan uh, back in 2008 in Beijing, part of the double skulls that won a gold. So history-making today for Ariane Titmus to not only beat the GOAT, but to be Tasmania's first ever individual Olympic gold medalist. Jared, all of that gloating about Tasmania aside, uh, it was a pretty good race. She beat Miss Ledecky. We're not cocky at all, but we like it. It was such a good race. It was so fascinating to watch. Um, oh, it was just such a good, like, come-from-behind victory. Like, it was such a nice, like, strategic swimming race. Um, yeah, such a joy to watch. And I loved having Thorpey in there, Thorpey getting animated. Thorpey said it was fully sick. Thorpey was all in board with it. Uh, you know, Basil, I think, maybe went a little bit overboard with some of his uh, commentary. Uh, the coronation, a celebration. Like, it was kind of okay. Yep. And then the to become a legend, you have to beat a legend. Now, I love how they really did talk up Katie Ledecky. Like, she's a great swimmer. She's achieved a lot. But uh, was it was it Missy? Was it Missy Hyman? Wasn't she uh, no, somebody who I won was, a few more? Well, I was gonna say, I think the more impressive thing is that we're actually seeing Katie Ledecky this time around. Because I was thinking about this um, yesterday, uh, back in what was it, London? Missy Franklin won everything, and then she was essentially non-existent when we got to Rio. So it's it's actually not as common as you think to have an athlete in swimming. Uh, be able to carry over from one Olympics to the other with this type of success. So, I mean, even if it is a silver, I mean, she's she's there. <laughs> this isn't something we always see. Yeah. I I, I mean, like, I'm not trying to talk down Katie Ledecky because, I mean, we, we're Australians. We want to gloat about this. We beat the GOAT. But, I mean, God, the amount of times I heard the Terminator has beaten the GOAT, I was like, okay, that's a, that's a little bit too much there. But um, I think the, the talk of the town, though, around uh, her, her win – is not only Ariane Titmus's win, but um, <laughs> Colin's Colin's doing the uh, the old shake there right now. Uh, her coach Dean Boxall has gone viral with his reaction. We talked about the Tunisians' reaction yesterday, but uh, I mean, Jared, this was epic. I I, I want this guy on the show. Uh, I mean, I, I swear it's actually Stephen Hooker, but I mean that's a whole other story. But I mean, Dean Boxall, if we if we could give an athlete of the day to a coach, we'd give it to this guy, wouldn't we? Yeah, so good. We talked up the reaction of the Tunisian coach the other day. This just was leaps and bounds ahead of it. The oh. fact, too, that like to add to this epic moment, you had Ian Thorpe in his typical style of just being deadpan in commentary, being like, I'm not sure the fence is going to appreciate that. But it was yeah. just such a good moment. So good. And then, then you had the deadpan Japanese official behind looking at this guy like, oh, what the hell are you doing? Um, 
Yeah, it was it was epic. And then like you see him crying. Uh when when Ariane got interviewed after her medal, she started crying. They cut back to the pods and there's uh Tasmania's number one former newsreader Steve there getting pumped and excited. I loved how they interviewed him and he's losing his voice. He's just, you know, absolutely uh screaming there. We did get reminded about another fifty eight times that they were uprooted from Tasmania, so you know, good for them. Um and my favorite bit though, I think, of Ariane when she I don't know why they have to to do the jewel interview like you interviewed them afterwards and you interviewed them when they got the medal around the neck okay fine but i love the fact that when you know ariane's there she's like oh one gold i'm you know really exciting and then they cut like oh look ariane there's your family there they are they're all there on noosa the first thing she says oh there's dawn fraser <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care about her family fucking dawn fraser's watching on she's pumped so oh so good uh, i tell you what jared We've got the old uh, GoPro bros and the the Swiss and all that sort of stuff. 100% for Harvey Norman, though. So uh, maybe you've got to be a board on a Harvey Norman ad to win a gold medal because that works out well for our uh, for our Terminator. Well, given Harvey Norman's profit margins this year, uh, it only <laughs> makes sense that um, they're backing people who are actually winning gold medals. But I, I will say, in all seriousness, I mean, it is a great thing for, for Tasmania. And the one time I can say I'm kind of proud to be here in Tasmania right now for this to happen because, I mean, Jared, you're from Sydney. You guys shit gold medalists every single five seconds, right? Like, I mean, you know, Ian Thorpe's from Sydney. Shane Gold, like all these people are from, you know, oh, good, look at you, from Sydney. Whereas, you know, this is a rare air for Tasmania to have this. Clearly our first ever individual gold medalist. I did work out off air and so talking to Jared about this that uh, still yet to have a winter olympian so uh, not only are my chances looking good to become australia's next winter olympian at one day i could be tasmania's first ever winter olympian so i'm holding out hope for that don't you two get that excited um i want to like, i will say uh yeah missy franklin not missy hyman that's a different person but i'm looking here the most successful female uh, of all time in swimming is jenny thompson uh, eight gold, three silver, one bronze katie ledecky is only fourth on that list she's behind amy van dyken and christine otto so um, even Dawn Fraser's only, she's won more total medals than Katie Ledecky. So, uh, yeah, not quite the GOAT, I will say. But not to take away from you, Katie, you got the silver. Um, our other medals today, bronze in the 100 fly behind Maggie and uh, silver in that one went to Yufei Zhang for China. But Emma McKeon, bronze medal, that was a nice little one there for, for her, Jared. Uh, what, eight years after she won silver in London, I believe. So uh, nice little one there for her. Yeah, it was a good swim and a good backup too after she did such a good job in the relay the other day. And I'm uh, sorry, not Silver in London. I'm thinking of a completely different swimmer. <laughs> but uh, yes, no, uh, her first uh, individual. No, she got a bronze in 200 free. I've really done my research today. Clearly, I'm, I'm doing very well. Um, and we also got a bronze, uh, which was almost as epic as Ariane's uh, race because uh, Kyle Chalmers stormed home to beat our traditional swimming rivals of Canada in the 4x100 free. We were not looking good for a medal, but Chalmers stormed home to beat those pesky Canadians, Jared. My goodness, what a swim by Kyle to get us the bronze. It was. It was such a good swim. Um, I did love, though, at this point in time, the bias commentary of... I feel like it was Thorpey saying how that leg was, was better than the Americans' first leg. And then they read out the times and the American first leg was considerably faster. Yep. Oh, but it's almost more impressive. And I'm like, but, yep. but is it? But but it was slower. <laughs> so a little bit of Australian bias there in the commentary. I think just talking him up for the 100. Oh, that's going to put him in good stead for the 100 free, you know, the individual one. But uh, Colin, 
how did you feel about getting fourth? Because the one thing I will say, though, uh, the Canadians seemed quite proud with that fourth because uh, I believe the talk yeah. was that they wouldn't even make the final, but they ended up, I mean, you should have, I'm saying it, you should probably won the bronze. You had more consistent race than Australia did. Uh, we had the bronze for, I think, uh, three of the legs there. And I think it was probably only, it was not even in the full last 50 meters. It was maybe in the last like 20 meters that you took it because you're just sort of watching as everybody's so close. And uh, if it's the same on yours where they'll have the flag displayed mm-hmm. behind the person just for the top three. And I'm watching as Canada, 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 that all of a sudden it's not Canada. I'm like, wait, wait, what, what, what happened? And then all of a sudden it's over. It just came, literally came out of nowhere. But like, you're completely right. We weren't expected. I think we only barely qualified for this event, like just made it qualified in last of all teams that actually qualified this time around. Uh, weren't expected to even make the finals. And here we make the finals and we're the, this close to a bronze. What makes it even better is that women completely overshadowed the men in um, Rio. Uh, in fact, our best hope that we had in Rio was a swimmer named Santo Condorelli, who now swims for Italy. Uh, he's a Japanese-born Italian who competed for, was raised, I think, in America, but competed for Canada only because his mother was born here, never even lived in Canada. He came in fourth, so we're like, oh, we got Santo Condorelli. Come Tokyo, we're going to be golden. Uh, but no, he's gone. Uh, so to have this team put together when none of them are really metal hopefuls and anything else, and also um, they they brought a guy out of retirement for this. We have this one swimmer, Brent Hayden, who had retired, but they said, we really want to put together a relay team that can give the men a chance. And th- this team, their goal was essentially, let's get ourselves on the map. If we win a medal, great. But if we just get ourselves on the map and people can see men can swim in Canada too – then we can take a little bit of the spotlight and get some of the attention and, you know, get some of that sponsorship dollars. So this, the whole team, it meant a lot to them that they even got the fourth place. Uh, and this isn't a Canadian thing. Where we're like, oh, you know, it's a Canadian medal. We finished in fourth. This is legitimately like one of the happiest moments for Canada that this team came out of nowhere and almost took the bronze. It's, it's fascinating you say that because it's sort of, I mean, at least growing up for me, it was kind of a, the opposite. Like it was always the men who dominated the limelight for, for swimming, not to take away from people like Susie O'Neill and, you know, Samantha Riley, these great female swimmers we had. But for so long growing up, you know, it was Kieran Perkins, you know, it was Daniel Kowalski, uh, you know, then obviously Thorpe, Hackett, Klim, you know, all these people like that. And then it kind of, the shift really went from the men to the women sort of around Beijing, I want to say. And again, not to take away from Patria Thomas, from, you know, Lisa Jones, Libby Trickett, these great female swimmers we had, but really over the last decade, our men have underperformed. I mean, let's just mention the name James Magnuson, and that's enough for us to uh, shiver in our spines here in Australia. But I mean, the women have just dominated. Yeah, we had Kyle Chalmers win gold. We had Mac Horton, of course, in Rio as well. But it was sort of a rare air for us with our male swimmers. And even in these Olympics, isn't it, Jared, where it's kind of none of our men are being talked up as gold medal chances. It's all the women. No, it's always a surprise, even when they go in as favourites or they set records and this, that, whatever else. But you haven't heard of them before they actually get their out onto the blocks. And then yeah. during the race, it might come up, oh, they they finished second at the last world championships or they're the defending champion from the world championships in this. But yeah, in terms of promotion, there's just zero promotion of any of the male swimmers. 
that's so true. Like I could barely name any current Australian male swimmers outside of those few that I just mentioned, whereas the female swimmers, I could probably list you like nearly 10. Um, so, which is great for, you know, it's it's kind of one of these rare sports, I guess, where they're almost equal pegging in terms of everything and then, you know, flip it around a little bit with that too. Um, I you guess know, I just wanted to say one more thing on this. Uh, go with, for it, um, with the men's team in Canada finishing fourth, like it does sound ridiculous to say, oh, well, you know, this fourth place finish will put them on the map. It's like, well, aren't they already on the map? They're in the Olympics. But when we look at Rio, you know, we had this unexpected success uh, in the pool for the women. And now we have Maggie McNeil and we have Summer McIntosh who weren't really even swimming at that point. So, so something like this, you just get some attention you're going to have male swimmers who are suddenly like, you know, I'm going to push harder. I can actually win. There's a team there, you know? Uh, there's a point to this. I don't have to leave and compete for Italy. I can stay in Canada. Which it's actually, yeah, it's a good point. And I mean, one thing I'll say too, like kind of going back to, you know, the Mac Hortons and the Kyle Chalmers, it's that even after winning gold, I feel like you barely heard their name. It was still all about the bloody Campbells. You know, it was kind of, it was it was interesting. But um, we should mention just uh, not a medal event, but a uh, big sort of morning for our big jewel in the pool tomorrow, which I want to say quickly, like they talked this up so much, you know, Titmus versus Ledecky. And I think it was, was it Basil, Jared, that said it was Cassie Freeman-esque, all the pressure. I mean, come on, Basil. I love you, mate. But just no, not Cassie Freeman-esque. Okay, just no. Um, I'm so more excited for this 100-meter backstroke. This is the one to me that we should be talking up because mm. we talked about it last night, how the Olympic record went boom, boom, boom. Straight away in the first semi, it went again. Uh, Reagan Smith from America, former world record holder, boom, new Olympic record, uh, followed by Kylie Mass and Kelly McCowan, uh, McEwen, sorry, were both in the semi together and went one, two. So the fastest three are the three that we're all expecting to be the fastest. Reagan's number one, Kylie's two, Kaylee's number three. This is, I, I, I want us to commit to commentating this tomorrow because this has to be the one that we need to do because mm. there's a lot on the line, not only for our countries, but for our bloody show. Um, yeah. So, I mean, are they talking up Kylie, Colin much over there at the moment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm talking about, I, I said to probably two or three people, you know, there's a curse out there that needs to be broken and Canada has to break this curse. That Who cares about whether we can top our medal count and pass Olympics or anything like that? This curse is so important. We need to know we're not the problem, you know? <laughs> Which poor poor you Max just jinxed this it. morning. Thank you, Colin. You just jinx it by saying that out loud. But uh... <laughs> yeah, um, Jared, I mean, uh, like... I saw you nodding there when I was saying that. Like, this is the one I feel that they should be talking up as the big event. Like, not to take away from Arnie. It's great she got it. Fantastic. But this is the one that has got so much around it. I just think the fact that they're like, like you said, it's the hype of the record going one after the other. It's the fact that it's not just like a two-horse race here. It's, It's multiple people. And it really feels like this could just go anyway. Even yeah. you chuck in Emily Seabom as like a potential like medalist there as well. Like it's just, I just don't know what's going to happen in this race. Like the today it was like, okay, we could go one way or the other. This it's just, it's multiple people. I really feels like there's four or five people who could win on the day. Well, I was going to say with the Olympic record going four times in two rounds <laughs> and we're not even at the finals yet. Everybody knows how much harder they have to push. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, we haven't had this grouping together. Now you've got these three girls all together at the same time. We could potentially see the world record go more than once. And this is the thing. I just want to quickly add on Emily Seabomb. She was the one I I got confused with. She's a silver medalist from London. Thank you very much, Ben. The other way around. But um, you're right. Like, And this is where going into these Olympics, I feel it wasn't being talked up as much because obviously Kaylee broke the world record in the Australian trials and kind of came out of nowhere. And this was all of a sudden like why she wasn't being that hyped, but you do have the three former world record holders in this event. And like, it's just, it's crazy. And you look at someone like Kylie Mass, she's the only one with Olympic experience, obviously winning a bronze back in Rio. I mean, both Reagan and Kaylee have never been in the Olympics before. So this is their first ever time being in Olympics and being an Olympic final. So it's, it's incredible. And I'll say like with Emily Seabomb, I'm with you, Jared. Like, of course, I mean, to me, I'd like to see Kaylee win. Like, I'm not even, you know, my little sort of slightly pervy comment aside. Yesterday, I've had legitimately followed her for quite some time, and she's she's actually very entertaining on social media. I will say that. So it's kind of one of those sort of things where you're like, oh, I liked this person before they were big, and it's like, oh, well, that's my Instagram pervy follower that I've had for a while. But with Emily, like, that would be kind of like a cool little, you know, a romantic thing if she could pull off a gold medal in that. Come out of nowhere. Beat these three oh, fast say, people. It's not a pervy thing and then you're dropping words like romance. <laughs> oh, well, like a romance on the sports side of things, Colin. Jesus Christ. Like, I'm not talking about like a, that. Like a, a nice quiet night, fireplace. <laughs> well, I mean, she's an Olympic gold medalist, Emily. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Some oil, shower. <laughs> and I also say, like, backstroke's probably my favourite stroke because when I used to swim in my swimming <laughs> career, I was a backstroker. The only time I ever got a placing in a swimming carnival in my school days was in backstroke. Admittedly, there was only three of us ben, in the race and I got ben. third, but it doesn't matter, it counts. <laughs> ben, stop saying stroke, please. <laughs> God, you're a pervy guy, Colin. Get it out of your mind. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about before I go over some of the other medals, because, uh, yeah, obviously got a few other heats and everything that's happened tonight. On this golden day for Tasmania, absolute great day. We we nearly had an absolute boil over when it came to a surprise Tasmanian medalist. Daniel Watkins in the canoe slalom qualified for the final in second out of nowhere and in the final itself, he actually did okay. He just got stuck on sort of one gate. And basically, had he not got stuck in that gate, he probably would have won a medal. But, uh, I mean, not only is uh, he taking this world by storm from his canoeing, there's some other things about him that are taking the world by storm, which I don't want to talk about right now because it's a little bit of a section I want to talk about after. But, Jared, did you, did you see our man Dan, Tazzy boy, down the road from me? He's actually in the Huon Valley. He's closer to where Noah's from, snugged in the Huon Valley. So, you know, it's kind of that way. I did. It was like you said, it started off so promising. The fact that he qualified second fastest anyway was just a, like a massive achievement. It felt like that came out of nowhere. And then the top section of the course, he was right kind of on that pace. I think it was like, I don't know, like 19 two or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that outside of the gold uh, medal time in the top half. But then, yeah, just got stuck in that that one point that threw him off, but it was just such an impressive run to get to the final. And then it was looking so promising um, for so much of his run. Which I don't know how that goes into tomorrow when it comes to Jess, because again, no pressure, Jess. You, I think she's, if you want to talk about Kathy Freeman-esque, if Jess wins at least one of these two goals, I'm saying that's Kathy Freeman-esque with the amount of pressure we're putting on Jess Fox. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a great uh, result to see him in the final. He ended up finishing ninth in that final. And I should have mentioned too, another Tasmanian who got a very late call-up, Josh Belts, who is from Hobart. And uh, it's 
weird connection to everyone in Tasmania knows everyone. But uh, my dad, I think, used to play with his dad on a team. So it's kind of the six degrees of separation that the hockey community is kind of like that. So obviously with Eddie Ockenden, who I used to play against, our captain, and then obviously Josh Belt. So it's kind of it's a weird thing. But he made his debut on the weekend. It was a late-minute call-up to the Kookaburras. So hashtag Team Tasmania. We're doing it for the Apple Isle. That's all I can say. Um, so uh, let's go over some of the medalists today. And uh, as is often the case when we're on air, couple still to be decided. Uh, the mixed doubles table tennis and both the taekwondo uh, on as we speak. So we'll go over uh, the ones here. Uh, the archery, the men's team went to South Korea. What a surprise. Uh, gold for them in the canoeing the event we were just talking about. Benjamin Savsek of Slovenia took the gold in there. Uh, sadly, I've got some bad news to report today. That Great Britain won a few gold medals today, so I'm a bit sad about that. But in the uh, one of them, uh, one of them was a nice, nice win. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll I'm about to mention that one. But the first one I mention here is uh, the the BMX, uh, the BMX, sorry, the mountain biking cross country. Thomas Pidcock, <laughs> cock, uh, the gold. <laughs> He's so immature, Ben. Uh, gold. <laughs> I'm guessing this is a nice one. You you asked a question, I think, in our preview episode. Is Tom Daly going to be at the Olympics? Well, yeah. Colin, going to say yes because he won a gold medal today with Matty Lee in the uh, men's synchronised 10-metre play, which, okay, admittedly, it's a nice little thing there for Tom to, to win the gold. Uh, in the fencing, which you may or may not hear some of that very, very shortly, uh, Hong Kong's Chong Ka Long took the gold in the men's foil and uh, sadly our man Max the curse... Uh, he, he did not, uh, progress past the round of 32, which, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, I think, when it comes to what we hope to commentate on today. But anyway, uh, Rock are bouncing back from their silver start to these games. We've got a couple of gold today. Sophia Pozdinikova won the woman's saber. Good job, Ben. Thank you. Uh, the gymnastics men's all around, which I'm seeing right now is apparently live on TV, but clearly it's not because, uh, Rock won the gold in that. They want to rock. They did. Judo, we had gold to Japan on uh, Shohei Ono in the men's 73 kilos. And uh, Jessica Klim-Kate may have won the bronze, but Kosovo's Nora Jakova won the gold in that one. Shooting, it was double gold to America. Vincent Hancock and Amber English in the men's and the women's skates. Skateboarding, <laughs> uh, double gold for Japan. Momji Nishaya took the gold. 13 years old, beat another 13-year-old by the name of Rasa Liu from Brazil. Does not make us feel insignificant at all, does it, when 13-year-olds are winning Olympic gold medals? Um, in the swimming, outside of the ones that we uh, mentioned, uh, the US won the men's 4x100 free. And I want to talk about Adam Peaty from Great Britain. This guy's in the wrong sport. He's not a swimmer, isn't he? He should be in boxing. That guy's scary. Uh, <laughs> Like, I wouldn't want to swim against him. And he, of course, he does breaststroke. He looks like a guy who would just stroke women's breasts without permission. Like that guy's don't don't listen to this, Adam. Don't hurt me. Like seriously, I didn't say that. That was a joke. Um, I think he's getting into a bit of trouble too for his interviews when he dropped a couple of f bombs. So anyway, um, in the triathlon, which I think Jared, you want to mention a little bit, uh, Christian Blumenfeld from Norway took the gold, and New Zealand won their first medal, everyone. 
one. Get on board the Kiwis. Hayden Wild, uh, going wild in New Zealand. They got the bronze. And in the weightlifting, the women's 55 kilos, it was Philippines. Uh, Hitlin Diaz knocked off China's Qun Liao. Uh, so break China's streak on the weightlifting. Uh, Jared, I was going to talk to you about the triathlon. I didn't catch any of the triathlon. I saw the false start highlight and then I saw the, the win, but, and I saw the controversy around, uh, well, not the controversy, there's something else around Christian's, um, personality. Uh, I didn't see the vomiting though. What, what, tell us about this vomiting incident. Oh, you missed out. As soon as he won, he falls to his knees. He wraps himself in like the finishing line tape. He's lying there for a bit. Then we get a great comment from the commentators that, Oh, he hasn't left anything in the tank. And then literally straight away after they say that, he just starts vomiting right in front of the finish line. (laughs) Then about the fifth or sixth finisher comes through, they fall over pretty much like, and they're lying down like right next to this like puddle of like vomit on the finish line. It was just, and they, but they kept filming him. Then he moved over somewhere else and then he vomited somewhere else as well. And they just kept going like back to it. I'm like, I don't know if we need this type of Olympic coverage, but. Wow. It was just the timing of the comment that he left nothing in the tank and then just vomits straight on the finish line. Yeah. Maybe I'm glad I, I missed that. Colin, do you catch any of the triathlon? You actually yeah. like triathlon, don't you? Yeah. Well, I, that was the first thing after the swimming ended last night. You know, I missed it earlier on. I went back and watched the whole thing before I went to bed. Um, and I, I, I missed the, the vomiting. I'm going to have to go back and see if I can spot it now. But uh, I mean, the triathlon, because uh, in Sydney, which I think was the first time the uh, yeah. event ever took place, yeah, one of the, one of the greatest Canadian you know, Olympic moments of all time, Simon Whitfield. Yeah. Uh, so it's always something I try to check out. This is probably the most invested I've been in it. Partly, as I mentioned yesterday, Tyler Mislichuk, uh, who is uh, Canada. I mean, he was definitely expected to be top ten, maybe even top five finish. He's from Winnipeg. I mean, well, he's technically from Oak Bluff, which I love. They say Oak Bluff. Oak Bluff is about as far from Winnipeg as my current house is. We have we have one big highway that surrounds Winnipeg, and if you're inside that highway, you're considered Winnipeg. If you're outside, you're not. I'm within walking distance outside that highway, and I'm considered Winnipeg. He's within walking distance, and he's not. So I don't know, but I'm going to say he's not from Oak Bluff. He's from Winnipeg, people. Well, uh, but I was going to mention was, about Simon Whitfield uh, lives in Victoria, so uh, you know I have uh, a connection did you to ever Simon. Go to lunch from? Uh, I, I I never did, but uh, he's got. I'm seeing here actually. He's also got. A, he's got two houses. Of course, he would. He's an Olympic gold medalist on Salt Spring <laughs> Island, uh, another famous little island in the Vancouver Island chain. So there you go, little, yeah. little Mr. Richie Rich, Mr. Gold and Silver Medalist. What I found fascinating with the triathlon was something I never really learned before. And you know, when you get some of these events, you hear about oh well, there is a team strategy, right? And we had another Canadian who was in that. Uh, what was his name? Sharp something Sharp. And um, there's, you know, the, what do you call drafting in the cycling? Basically, they said afterwards, and I don't know, maybe this is a normal thing. They said afterwards, this other guy, Sharp, was on the team just to guarantee that Tyler Mislachuk would have gotten to the podium. The whole idea was he was supposed to protect him in the cycling, so he saved his energy for his strongest, which was the, the 10K run. And he spent the entire time drafting on Sharp, uh, but... Tyler Mislachuk has been very vocal afterwards about how, and not only disappointed, he actually used the words angry he was that he finished in 15th <laughs> because he said he had really bad cramps the entire cycling that never went away. Oh, so, I, the gold medalist vomited. Suck it up, princess. There you go. Yeah. And, and <laughs> he wasn't drafting on another Norwegian. 
so I mean, I, I Tyler Mason, I kind of, in a way, you know, you think, okay, if this was an American, I'd be like, oh, there's a typical American just complaining and everything. But I like right now I'm, I'm into the aggression of the Canadians. I like Clem Kate and Tyler, Mr. Chuck, you know, showing, you know, we, we can be aggressive. We can be angry. We can yell. We can scream. We can be serious. Well, I'm just saying here, Matthew Sharp finished 49th out of the 49 finishes. So good job with that drafting. It really shows well. his job was just for the cycling. <laughs> the highest place Aussie was Jacob Bertwistle. What a name. Bertwistle. Yeah. Sign me up. Uh, 16th, just behind Mr. Misselchuck. So uh, there you go. Um, the skateboarding. Um, <laughs> do anything else? <laughs> I did see. I did see. Um, it's, I thought this was something that was being praised because all I saw on Twitter was everyone was going, this is amazing, this is amazing. But then I have seen a separate headline on one of our news websites basically saying, skateboarding draws mixed reactions from fans. And, uh, yeah, I think even Sinead O'Connor, uh, nothing compares to you herself, um, said something along the lines. Oh, sorry, not Sinead O'Connor, Sinead O'Carroll. Often confused. Um, her tweet says, This is an off brand tweet, but it isn't the Olympic skateboarding very underwhelming? Yes, I would agree with that. I, I watched more of it today, not just because it was the women, um, but I just. They just do a <sighs> jump and then they land, and it's when they fall funny. off, that's the best part. <laughs> Like, this is essentially slope style on a skateboard, but in slope style, they have this massive park that they can use or whatever. So in slope style, they're going all over the place. They're like, I've got 30 seconds. I'm going to do whatever I can. It is one trick. Yeah. And they've got, they're surrounded by all these different things that give them a time limit. Yeah, I will watch this sport. If you give them 60 seconds, you got to do whatever you can in that 60 seconds. And that's your score. Not, Ooh, that was a nice kick flip there on that one rail. I played Tony Hawk's pro skateboarder one and two. And I was, did a lot more in my 30 seconds uh, than these. Like, come on. You know, do you remember the level? I think it was Tony Hawk two or three where it was like a foundry. And you could fall into like the the the, the molten metal or whatever, sort and die of. and burn. Yeah, <laughs> of course you okay. like that one. You burn. Well, no, I, I was thinking introduce that into this sport. Like the you know, if nothing else, it brings a little excitement. Best case scenario, we get to see some of these really obnoxious skateboarders just burn alive. <laughs> I will say, just to make us all feel very old, the gold medalist uh, Momiji Nishaya butchering that, but that's this case in every single day. Um, she's 13 years old. Uh, she was born uh, about a week after the Beijing Olympics wrapped up. So um, how are we all feeling today, folks, in that in the back <laughs> of the back of the head? Um, I just, I like, I'm not taking away from like 13-year-olds winning medals. But when you're gold and silver medalist, I think even the bronze medalist was 16. Like, I just, I just don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, Jared, I mean... I don't know. We were just talking off air about the fact that baseball and softball are not in Paris, but skateboarding sticking around, like, come on. Yeah. It just doesn't have the same level of prestige. And there's other sports where athletes are young. I'm thinking about gymnastics mainly, but it just feels like, I feel like the commentary too added to this, that it's just oh. kind of like, oh, they just hang out at the local skate park and then they just come like along to the Olympics. Like it just still didn't feel like mm. there was, and like maybe there was lots of training that goes into it, but just the way they were commentating and talking about it, it was just kind of like, 
oh yeah, well, they're at the skate park and they just decided they'd come along to the Olympics, like just send a scout down there to pick out a couple of people, say, hey, you want to go potentially win a medal? I did um, just, steal yeah. that comment today, Jared, and tweeted that out because it, yeah, I've got a few for the, our, our Channel 7 bits. Um, Australia's Hayley Wilson didn't make the final, neither did Canada's Annie Guglia. Uh, but the one everyone's talking about is this Margie Dadao. She's quite cute. Like, not in that way, Colin, before you shoot me down. Like, just her reactions and her sticking her tongue out every five seconds. It was kind of funny. I, I want to say uh, Annie Guglia. I think she's the real loser here because I want to put up for the athlete of the day, the person she replaced. Uh, there was a South African skateboarder that I think it was a positive COVID test, had to drop out. Annie Guglia was called... Last minute, basically, how soon can you get on a flight to Tokyo? You're a substitute. We're going to put you in the event. And that's been the big story everybody in Canada talking about. Oh, isn't it nice that, you know, she, she's able to compete here. I'm thinking our athlete of the day is this South African who avoided the skateboarding <laughs> and doesn't have to be forever plagued with being part of this event. She's switching to sport climbing for Paris, I think, because that's yeah. a cool one to be involved in. Um yeah, I just I just don't know. Sorry, skateboarding, but it's just it's, I'm not feeling it. I'm not, you know, I, I wanted to because it, it was one of the ones that I was like, yeah, this yeah. is cool. Bring on skateboarding. Um, but just like if Tony Hawk, like I know he's about 60, but like if you told me Tony Hawk was competing in the Olympics, I'd be fully on board. Like I, I want to see Tony compete. It's like Sean White, right? Like you want that sort of level of person on there. But like, come on, Tony, just because you're 60, I've seen you're out there skating it. Like you probably would have won gold by default. Um, everyone's falling over. So anyway, um, let's go through some of the results for, for Australia and Canada today outside of our medal ones. Uh, Colin, our Canadian correspondent, uh, just uh, what's what's been happening in Canadaville? Well, we already said Maggie McNeil's the big star here, uh, the new hero of Canada. Um, but uh, we briefly talked about her the other day, Summer McIntosh, 14 years old, and also just barely missed the podium. Oh, I mean, she was... Glad you mentioned her. I forgot to mention her. She was great. Yeah, right in the mix there for the 400-meter freestyle, like right up until the end. Another thing that because she is, you know, only uh, 14 years old, people are thinking, imagine what she's going to do if she placed fourth in this event and held the third place for the majority of the race. Imagine she led she's after gonna do the in a first few years. Uh, 100, or at least the first 50 Yeah, the, she led. the first 100. I remember watching with Jamie. I'm like, this is crazy. I don't think she's going to hold it, but she's in the lead right now, this 14-year-old Canadian. It's unbelievable. Canadian record, too. She lowered the one that she set in the heat, so a new mm-hmm. Canadian record. And then also Canadian record, uh, the uh, men 4 by 100 relay. Uh, aside from finishing fourth, they set a Canadian record, too. Um, Kylie Mass is through to the finals. Uh, Taylor Ruck, unfortunately, is not. She just missed out on it. So we're going to have one Canadian in the finals there. Uh, but uh, here, here we go. Penny Alexiak and Summer McIntosh also are still in it uh, for the 200-meter freestyle. That one's still coming up. Uh, judo, we already talked about Clint Kate and... Uh, let me let me let me try this here. Margilid, Margilid, Arthur Margilidon, Margilid, Margilidon, something so, like that. I like that dinosaur uh, in Jurassic World. It was entertaining. Yeah, Margilidon. Yes, Clem uh, Kate wins the bronze. Margilidon, the dinosaur, loses it. Uh, triathlon, we already covered. Miss LeChuck in fifteenth place, and he's angry. He's really <laughs> angry. I also, I just want to say, because it's so hot out there. I'm loving watching these outdoor events where they're giving them ice to shove down the back of their shirts 
as they're cycling, they saw that road race as well. But the get-ups that they have at the end of the triathlon, if you actually watch any of the interviews that take place maybe half an hour later, they're wrapped in some weird stuff, which I guess are like cooling packs around their neck and their heads. But it looks like they're wearing some type of like tribal ceremonial uniforms <laughs> when it's, it's just there for cooling. But I mean, it was 27 degrees, and I think this event started at 6 in the morning. So wow. that's even hotter than it is in Winnipeg. Winnipeg I was wondering like, actually that because I did see something that was posted about how competition starts like 7 a.m. Australian time. I'm like, what event is starting? Mm-hmm. So no wonder I missed the bloody trial. I'm getting up at that. Yeah. I'm going to bed at that time. <laughs> and that was the first thing that was on. So I, I watched a little bit of it before I had to leave last night. But uh, uh, I mean, they, the crazy thing is 27 degrees was the temperature of the air at 6 a.m. And I mean, we're, we're right now in the first couple cool days we've had uh, here in Canada in a while, but we've been having like, you wake up in the morning and it's already 23, 24 degrees and I'm feeling like I'm dying. I can't imagine having to do a triathlon in 27 degrees. And, and the water was like 30 degrees. I don't know how the water was warmer. You don't typically find that where the water temperature is warmer than the air temperature. At least it wasn't green. Um, it's not green. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had some commentary on that in the diving too, which uh, diving next uh, the men's uh, 10 meter, which Tom Daly won uh, big deal. Also uh, just quickly mentioning uh, the fact that the Chinese hadn't lost this since Athens and the Chinese Olympic Federation or whatever had basically set their sights on. We wouldn't have a clean sweep of eight gold medals. So Tom Daly and what's his name? The other guy uh, they've that's held off a Chinese sweep. Yeah. Tom Daly and the other guy held yep. off a clean sweep, but the Canadians didn't tell matters. Uh, Vincent Rindo and Nathan Zombar Murray. Uh, that's a name. Uh, yeah, they finished uh, overall in uh, fifth place, which uh, wasn't bad. They kind of were flip-flopping all over the place. At one place, they were at uh, point four, fourth. At one point, they were in seventh. They ended up in fifth. Uh, Andy Guglia skateboarding finished second last. Um, the real winner is the person that she replaced because they didn't have to be there, as I said. <laughs> Mountain biking, Peter DeSera, 26. Weightlifting. Rachel LeBlanc, Bazinet, oh, yeah, finished third in the B group and twelfth overall. Lifted one hundred and eighty-one kilograms. Oh, that's good for uh, her. Yeah, softball. We're on a roll here. Oh, Eight, don't mention one over softball. Italy. That sport doesn't exist to us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like the 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 silver might even be within our reach now. Maybe no, even the gold. Not. You're playing Mexico for bronze. It's, it's sort we'll, of. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll don't worry. Don't rub it in. <laughs> Uh, I'll scan through some of these. Uh, Pavan and Paredes, uh, beach volleyball, still undefeated, two in a row. Uh, Layla Fernandez is out of the tennis. Um, fencing, uh, we'll mention in a second, but uh, good friend Maximilian Van Haster. I'll mention it now. We might as well talk about it now. Come yeah. on. Uh, so we're all eliminated. All the Canadians are eliminated, but Maximilian Van Haster uh, was eliminated. They even say, unfortunately, eliminated early. But the weird thing with this was that the Canadian coverage, they have, uh, you know, the, the little scroll on the bottom of the screen that'll come up during an event. It'll say Canadians competing today. It mentioned the other two fencer guys, Alex Kay and Eli Schenkel. His name didn't come up and I was waiting for it. And, and even the one female fencer we had, her name came up and not even a mention of Maximilian Van Haster. That's, 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 so that's how bad the curse is getting now. You don't even get mentioned yeah. on coverage. Wow. It's, it's just an anger towards us. You had our Olympic hopeful on your show. Disgusting, God. Maximilian, that you would do that off the podium. Are we not glad that Tessa Virtue's retired? We would be yeah. shot. <laughs> Holy crap. Yes. Um, I, I want to say, like, about Max is that um, – 
Yeah, I, I, he, he actually liked, like, he liked a tweet that we put out this morning, like two hours before his match. It's like, get off your phone, Max. Focus on the Olympics. <laughs> um, but and we also had another like too. We'll mention that shortly. But um, yeah, I was, I was so disappointed because we're gonna get to some commentary soon, and we were all set to commentate on Max's bout. But obviously, you got like four matches happening at once, and I guess the world feed only shows the one I think on like the blue mat or the red mat, right? And Max mm-hmm. wasn't like the yellow mat or something. So sadly, the only time I got to see him while I was watching the German and the the Italian was you saw his butt every few seconds and they cut away and you saw a long <laughs> shot of the thing. He actually got off to a great start. I think he was about four or five up at the very beginning. And Ryan Choi, the guy who beat him, I think is about 20 places ranked higher than him. So, And obviously Max was very confident of getting a medal. So uh, I'm sure he's very disappointed in that. But he's got the he's got the uh, the team foil to come in about a week. So uh, Canada will bounce back with that. But the good news, sorry to steal your thunder here, Colin, but anyone who listened to our interview with Max, Max's great rival, Garrick Meinhardt, also got eliminated in the round of 32. <laughs> so suck it, America, to take uh, Colin's uh, thing. So I don't know if Garrick's going to buy him a beer because they both got lost out in the round of 32. But Garrick, if you listen, yeah, that's their- you owe Max a bloody beer. Their friendly bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just wrapping up with the team sports here, uh, let's not talk about rugby. Canada does not exist there. They literally don't exist. <laughs> uh, 24 to nothing to Great Britain, and then uh, another 28 to 14 loss to Fiji. Uh, but volleyball, uh, we did a little bit better, but still lost to Japan, which just finished. And water polo, we also lost to Spain. So team sports, not Canada's thing in Tokyo. Well... One might be because uh, you mentioned the softball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jared, uh, Australia undefeated with winning medals in the great sport of softball. All we had to do is beat freaking Mexico and the bronze was on tomorrow against Canada. We got beaten by freaking Mexico. So therefore, Canada will play Mexico tomorrow for bronze. You're welcome, Colin. You have your bronze medal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to say to that. Um, for Australia, obviously, we had our medals, uh, which are great. Uh, we like our medals. Softball, we choked. Not so great. Uh, Daniel Watkins did pretty well. That was great. Um, Sky Nicholson through to the next round in the boxing. That was great. I watched the archery this morning. Our reigning bronze medalist from Rio choked in the first round, and we were out. But having said that, to pull a Colin, Colin likes it when his teams get eliminated by, say, the eventual champions. We lost to the eventual silver medalists uh, in Chinese Taipei. So not too bad. We'll take that, won't we, Jared? Yeah, it was a close match too. I think it, that one went down to a tiebreaker or something. It did. It went to an extra inning. <laughs> That's not what you call it. A, a shootout, basically. But like watching it at the beginning, Chinese Taipei sucked at the beginning. Like, oh, God, we're, we're going to shit this in. Uh, but then ultimately it was kind of the other way around, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, not not a good one there for us. Um, going through things uh, chronologically as I scroll through my list here in badminton, uh, unfortunately, Simon Wing, Hang Leong, uh, and uh, his partner, their name is cut off here, lost. <laughs> um, sorry to the other player, I like to call them. Uh, also in the women's doubles, uh, Setchana Mapasa and their partner also lost. So that was sad. Yes, 4-1 in softball. We went down. So mwah, mwah. Uh, in the beach volleyball, uh, McEwen Schumann lost again, this time to Rock. I think that puts him in a tricky position. It's two in a row now, haven't they, Jared? Yeah, I think they said they have to beat. Uh, is it Spain to progress through? I think. Right. So they still well, got actually, a chance of getting through to the knockout. 
I watched the one the other night against the Danes, and they're apparently like the world number one, and we nearly did beat them. So that was a quite a quite a close one. As I mentioned, Sky Nicholson in the boxing in the featherweight, she is through to the next round. Although Alex Winwood is not, he has been eliminated in the men's flyweight. Uh, so better luck next time, champ. Um, <laughs> better luck next time. Champ. I'm calling a boxer champ. A guy kicked my ass in five seconds. Um, <laughs> Is that derogatory? Champ? <laughs> I'm here going on last night about how we're so derogatory to Summer McIntosh. Oh, she's 14. Here, <laughs> Chin up, champ. You'll Why don't you hit me with your punch there, champ? I'm so confident about my boxing ability now that I've seen all of the Commonwealth <laughs> Games boxing. Yeah, since you, know. you worked the boxing, <laughs> you're the expert. Um, in the I've ma- seen the Rocky movies. I know how this thing goes. I haven't seen the Rocky movies. It's embarrassing. <laughs> um, shit, I'm going to get punched by a British swimmer and an Australian <laughs> boxer. Honestly, I'm more scared about the Australia, uh, the British swimmer. He won a gold medal, so let's be honest. Um, in the mountain biking, uh, Daniel McConnell finished 30th. Uh, better luck next time, champ. <laughs> Can we just go with that as our motto? We're so bad at actually having people do well on this bloody show. Um, the Hockey Roos, dominant win, 6 nothing over China. Uh, which is great, actually. And, and have you seen this bit of controversy on social media, Jared? Because apparently Australian media cannot get the teams right. They keep calling the Hockey Roos the Kookaburras and the Cookie the cookie Burrows, the Kookaburras the Hockey Roos, which is pissing off the hockey fraternity. Have you seen this? I haven't, but I... Feels like it, it feels a bit petty, but I suppose if that's your team name and it's been that for, for however long, then... Fair enough. I feel like it's very standard because, you know, we know, I guess, that most of our prominent sporting teams. I mean, I get, like, the Stingers and the Sharks mixed up in the water polo, but that's not that overly prominent, whereas hockey is a fairly prominent sport when it comes to the Olympics. So, but there's literally one of the former Olympians that we follow on Twitter. I think he, like, tweeted out a graphic with, like, a picture of, like, a kookaburra and a picture of, like, whatever the hockey ruse or some sort of kangaroo and kind of, like, described the differences. It was quite funny. Um, Rugby Sevens, uh, yeah, bit of a bad start for us. We got, uh, I don't say belted by Argentina. We came back. But uh, I, you and I were talking a bit off air about how this was not very well advertised because it was on about the same time as the swimming. And it just so happened I flicked over to Seven Mate and here it was. We were, I think, 19 nothing or 25 down nothing. Then we got like three tries in a row. It was 19 seconds remaining, and all we had to do was score a try to win it. But then we turned it over and gave it to Argentina and gave them a 10-point win. Uh, and then in the evening game, uh, we belted Republic of Korea 42-5. to Did you did you see much of the rugby? I caught a little glimpse of us against Korea uh, and then flicked off because we were winning so easily that I thought, well, there's no point watching this. We'll say to Colin, he stepped away for a second, but he might be, uh, you know, disappointed about the the old games from Canada. But they did play the uh, gold and silver medalists, I believe. Didn't Britain get silver behind Fiji, I think, from memory in Rio? So uh, 24-0 against Britain and then 28-14 against Fiji. Respectable effort, Colin. I think you should uh, take that on board. Fiji, the reigning gold medalists, uh, took both their matches. And for our friends across the Dutch, I wasn't meant to spoil Nook earlier tonight when I recorded. He didn't want the spoiler. Uh, but uh, New Zealand did beat Argentina 35-14 to and 50-5 to against the Republic of Korea. So New Zealand doing a little bit better than us. Uh, there's lots of sailing going on. There was some shooting going on. Yeah, we talked about uh, that, uh, the skateboarding, surfing. Jared, what's happening? Ash Barty, day two. 
Stephanie Gilmore, day three. She's out in the freaking first round. What's happening here? Yeah, it doesn't bode well for, I don't know who's the hot favourite tomorrow, but um, they're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, Sally Fitzgibbons made it through, so that was good. And in the men's side of things, uh, Julian Wilson was gone, uh, lost to Brazil's Gabriel Medina, but Owen Wright beat Jeremy Flores of France. It's, I, I did love the coverage that Channel 7, oh, we're live. Literally, I'm watching the surfing and I just happened to glance at my screen and already the result was up that uh, Julian Wilson lost. So classic Channel 7 there. Um, Swimming-wise, we've obviously gone over that, but I will just mention in terms of some of the heats and the semis that have happened, uh, obviously tonight as well, uh, we've obviously gone over Kaylee McEwen. Um, in the women's 200 metres, uh, Colin mentioned about Penny Alexiak and uh, some of McIntosh going through. Well, Arnie's back. Haha, <laughs> get it? Uh, she's the third fastest into the semis, and Madison Wilson also through there. So good results there for the Australians. We've got Chelsea Hodges. Uh, she missed out just by 0.1 of a second to make the final of the 100-metre breaststroke. Uh, I mean, come on, 100. That's a bit cheap, isn't it? Mm, Should have grown her nails out. I know, right? Um, Also, in a similar uh, one as well, Thomas Neal in the uh, 200-metre freestyle missed out by three hundredths of a second to make the final. So we won't have any finalists in those ones as well. Mitch Larkin is through to the final of the 100-metre backstroke, which is great. And Ryan Murphy, not only can he do some great television shows, he can swim bloody well for America as well. He's fastest through. So good for you, Ryan. Uh, I do like all your TV shows. Listen to our nip-tuck coverage over on the Oz Network. Uh, So uh, those are those results there. And am I missing anything, Jared? Table tennis, we had uh, a win there for Jian Fang Lei in the women's single round two. Good for her. David Powell was out, unfortunately for him. Taekwondo, Jack Martin got eliminated early. Uh, chin up champ. Um, <laughs> ten- oh, I'm missing the tennis. Tennis. Jared, you talk about the tennis. Come on, this is your baby. Oh, not a great day in the tennis to start with, in the singles anyway. So we had Milman go down to uh, the Spaniard, Davidovich Fakina, uh, and then Isla Tomlanovic, uh, the last woman, Australian woman left in the draw. Um, she lost to uh, Svitolina from uh, the Ukraine. And the doubles. Then, the doubles. Yes. Uh, both Aussie teams are through. So Stoza and Perez and Barty and Sanders won their respective matches. Which is, I mean, who are you who are you giving the chances between these two? Like, do you do you expect out of uh, any of them that the Barty Party and the Storm Sanders will go through, or will Sammy Stoza finally uh, get herself an Olympic medal? Uh, I think I'm leaning towards the Barty Party. Um, which, which I mean, like, yeah, I mean, singles is a bit more prestigious, I guess. But I mean, you know, she can walk. I mean, Rafa won a gold four years ago on the doubles. Uh, I think he's uh, didn't uh, Roger. He's only won a gold in the doubles, I too believe. So uh, you know, I guess these greats do win the doubles every now and then. Yeah, and Ash Barty, like no stranger to the doubles court, making multiple Grand Slam finals with Casey Delacqua, and Storm Sanders, I think, just came off a semi-final or quarter-final of the women's doubles at Wimbledon. Um, so I think definitely potential to to get a medal with that combo. One thing, going back to Colin's opinion of like, if you want to lose to someone, lose to the eventual champion or someone like that. Good to see that Barty's conqueror 
Uh, Sara Tormo Saribes is through to the next round. And we should also mention Novak through. So is uh, uh, Miss... Um, um, why am I going blank on her name? Naomi, thank you. Jesus Christ, how are you? Japanese listeners, they're our big fans. We're bagging them out all of a sudden. I'm also seeing here, good to see New Zealand won in a traditional New Zealand win in the men's doubles. Uh, Danielle and Venus beat a Dutch pair, Kolhoff and Roger, in a walkover. Uh, the standard New Zealand win there, I feel. Um, and we should also mention the water polo. Uh, this would be the Stingers because the Sharks are the men and the Stingers are the women. Am I getting that correctly, Jared? Sounds right to me. Yeah, we'll go with that. Cool. Um, Australia beat the Netherlands 15 to 12. I watched a little bit of that today. So uh, undefeated, the women. You can always rely on uh, the, the women in the water polo, unlike the men who are not. Chin up, champs. You can do a little bit better there. Uh, Colin's gone AWOL. So uh, we, we might throw right now to our commentary for the day. It's kind of becoming a daily thing. Fencing. Now, um, Jared, just before we play this, uh, how was your experience when it comes to, to fencing uh, with this commentary we're about to hear? Um, well, I mean, clearly an expert in the field. Um, so it just was really just another day in the commentary booth. Just another day in the commentary booth. Uh, you're going to hear our commentary of the round of 32 game, the, the match that we thought would be with Max, but unfortunately not. But uh, Alessio Faccini of Italy versus Andre Sanita of Germany. And uh, let's just say this got a little bit personal. That's the best way I can describe it. So let's cross now to Tokyo uh, with your commentators, Ben Waterworth, Jared Lubeek, and Colin Hilding. Yes, thank you very much, Ben. We are here live at the Makahori Messe, or as the locals are calling it, the Fencatorium for this round of 32 match in the men's foil individual between Andre Sanita and Alessio Faccini. It's number two versus number 34. Traditional rivals, Alessio and Andre. It's a pleasure to be joined by two esteemed colleagues of mine. It is Canada's number one fencing expert, Colin Hood. Colin, thank you for joining me in the commentary box. I'm excited to see your face. I'm, I'm excited to show my face as always, and I'm also excited to see if Max von Haster's face might appear in the background at some point during this match. Yes, we'll get on to Max in just a second, because we were meant to be commentating this match, but due to broadcast regulations, we have to commentate these two, which is a shame. He's also joining us, it's a shame that this guy can't be fencing. I believe he did withdraw from the fencing competition last minute. It is Emu Plains' number one ranked fencer. It is Jared Luby. Jared, thank you for joining us. Yeah, a shame to have to withdraw from the competition, but our second best thing is definitely commentating it. Indeed, as we're seeing with a lot of our athletes during these games. But I'm excited for this uh, match, of course. Uh, as I said, traditional rivals, uh, Alessio and Andre, they hate each other. They actually really hate each other. I heard. I have heard similar stories. Well, I heard that Alessio slept with Andre's wife, and therefore they challenged each other to a duel, and that is the only reason why they're fighting in the Olympics, which is now, a fair enough thing to do. That's how they did it back in the ancient Olympics. Which one is Alessio and which one is Andre? Well, uh, the one that says Andre is Andre, and the one that says Alessio is Alessio. So the German, that guy uh, right there, is Andre. I'm a bit disappointed in your knowledge, Colin. As Canada's number one expert in fencing, I believe you should know this. Well, the, unfortunately, the monitor I'm using does not include their names, but uh, we'll blame somebody else for that. Now it does. Andre Sanita. Yes, what a man. Now, uh, I believe, Jared, you're good friends with Andre Sanita. Have you spoken to him before this match? Has he told you how he's feeling about his wife cheating on him with this uh, beautifully bald Alessio Faccini? Well, he's out for revenge, that's for sure. And um, 
And what better revenge to take than against the number two seed in the event? Indeed, and if you want to fence anyone, you want to fence an Italian because we know that the Italians are very good at fencing. They like to fence and put up the picket fences and the iron fences and the cast iron fences. Uh, and I also do believe, uh, too, that Alessio, whilst cheating with uh, Andre's wife, uh, watched plenty of Die Another Day to really get himself in the mood for this one. And I uh, got some tips from the esteemed Verity, Colin, who I know you're close personal friends with. You know what? Uh, we should keep it professional as commentary, but you can shut up and leave now, Ben Waterworth. I will disregard that comment, Colin, as we're about to get underway here. The uh, epic duel between Germany and Italy. And they're off, and they're fencing. And they're fencing. Oh, 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 oh they're fencing. Oh, big move there, big fence. That was a fence and a half. But I think the point has gone to Alessio there. I'm not sure about that one, Jared. I, 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 feel, that, uh, I feel that Andre got these tipping more. Yeah, looking forward to a slow-mo replay of that. Well... Looks like uh, we're, we're back into the fencing section, which is what we generally do much. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Alessio's mask is a tribute to Cobra Commander, is it not? I believe so, yes, it absolutely is. And oh, oh hang on, we've got some drama here. Hang on a minute. Oh. Andre's, Andre's pulled to something here in his leg, and I don't know what's happening. He's down. Oh, drama here. Jared, what's fairly happening? fairly certain that the sniper from the stands has just targeted his left calf. Jared, is that what you saw? Yeah, the blow dart from the stand uh, into the calf. Uh, may also have uh, pulled a hammy. Oh, um, there's the moment there where the dart oh, hits no, him. definitely. The Achilles heel. Um, oh. You expect more of that from the Greek athlete, um, but the Germans as well have the Achilles heel. You, you've got to really feel for Andre here. I mean, not only has he lost his wife to an Italian, but he might have lost his Achilles there, not even to a Greek person, as you mentioned there, Jared. I mean, this is... This is looking pretty nasty here as the as coach comes in, gets the magic backpack on here. Germans are known for the magic backpack. He's out in the magic spray. It's the magic spray. It's out of the bag. And is he going to spray it? I'm like, oh, he sprays the magic. And oh, bit of a uh, bit of sass there from Alessio coming in and tapping on the shoulder. Uh, Colin, it I'm is, not sure uh, what that move is called. Well, whatever it is, he's quite enjoying it and uh, may have to excuse himself for a few minutes. Now, you used Jared... spray for uh, Zowat's leg the other night. Well, I was, I was going to mention that to you, Jared, as the expert of Magic Spray. What actually is in Magic Spray? Uh, it's mainly just sugar and water. Uh, so not great if you're out with the uh, mosquitoes, um, but a really good uh, placebo if you're um, pretending you've uh, pulled your kills. Well, Andre seems to regroup now, and he's put on the old uh, helmet back on there, and it's, it's amazing that he can see with that German flag covering him so well. But uh, good, good here. Good, good to see Andre back into it as he's going to start fencing again. He's fencing. He's moving his sword. Andre's fencing. Oh, they're both fencing here. Really good. Oh, oh. slapping the swords. Slapping it. Slapping. Slapping away. Goes for the move. Oh, did he get it? He does. He punts a fist. Oh, the Achilles heel is fixed, and he's all ready to go. What a move there, Colin Hilding. I'm calling it now. That was a fake injury just to psych out his opponent. Classic oh, and there's move a, from the Germans. Well, classic move from the Italian there, just moving in and sticking it straight to the body. As a, an esteemed fencer once said, it's just a bit of sport, Miranda, and he's really pulling on there. So back he's the got fencing. a little bit of a wonky blade there, which he's trying to straighten at the moment. Which I do believe uh, having a wonky blade is natural in some men. It just requires a few different tools. So we're back into the fencing section of the fencing, and I think somebody hit... Oh, what? I don't know what happened there, but... They're starting again, and uh, it's good to see that Alessio is uh, really taking advantage of uh, the floppy blade. That's, oh, and there's a glove has come undone here, or something's happened. They're, they're, I don't oh, know, is he using the force there, Colin? I he's kind of... <laughs> believing yet so, yes. Well, 
He's trailing 2-1 there, Andre, so the force might come into play as Alessio gets on the front foot. He fences, he fences, he fences. Oh, slaps it away there from Andre. He doesn't like it. Oh, bang, damn. Oh, he went straight for the stabby stab. The stabby stab. Jared, the traditional move of you, I believe. You're, you're prominent in the stabby stab. Was that a good stabby stab? It was a good stabby stab. Years of effort and training have gone into that. I think for 4-1 down, it might almost be time for Andre to pull the other Achilles heel. Indeed, it worked for him the last time. His only point was after faking that injury. As Alessio comes in, but I think Andre might have gotten that. And Alessio really likes to hold his blade a little bit more. I feel that uh, as a teenager, you're told not to touch your sword that much. But maybe his wow. parents weren't very good. They are fighting over a woman, so they are trying to show off their blade size and blade grappling skills. That is true, Colin. We did mention the cheating. Of course, the winner of this bout does get Andre's wife, which is a nice little incentive, as well as moving yeah. into the round of 16. You can't see it on the screens right now, but she is currently hanging above the mat in a cage. Which is, again, how it was done in the ancient Olympics. As, oh, was that Alessio there? Jared just getting a bit on the wrist. No, they've, they've caught it back. Minute 48 to go. Alessio just staring him down. Andre's really slapping him around. He's fencing, he's fencing. He goes in for the fence, and oh, look at that! Into the nice wrist. Nice evasion there by Alessio. I've not seen someone run away like that since the French. That was incredible. The fencing's still hard there. Alessio wants to fence hard, but Andre's fencing a little bit harder there. As they cross that line, of course, if you cross that line 14 times, you get a bonus point, I believe, which is very rare. And oh, what a slap down there from Andre, if you don't mind. Learn and that move doesn't... straight from Conan the Barbarian. No point awarded, though, Jared. Controversial. What are the judges thinking? Very controversial. I'm not sure about this tactic from the Italian of just retreating into the stripey section of the mat. Surely that's minus two points. Well, it should be. It used to be. Oh, but he gets the point. Oh, the helmet's come off. He means business now. Well, Andre's just showing his face to his wife there to remind her what he looks like so that... Uh, this is a man with hair. He's a very hairy Admire. man. Which does that extra padding. Oh, well, they're both claiming the point here. Alessio removes it and says, no, I'm bald. No, Remember no, no, no. that. I don't have a nice head of hair, Mrs. Mrs. Santini. Sanita. Whatever her name is, it doesn't matter. But they're both celebrating. That's the main thing. They're just both happy to be there. Now, there's and uh, all the judges. There's a discrepancy here. The judges are looking. They're like, say, that is, Of course, I'm a steam judge, Mr. I'm John. I'm entirely sure that that hair is legal right now. You may have to shave it before the end of the match. We need this to be an even contest. Yeah, having a bald judge, it is a bit concerning. There may be a little bit of favoritism towards the Italian going into this. And look at the crowd behind the judges there. Aren't they loving fencing? Traditional fencing crowd here in Tokyo, which is a good thing to see. Colin, have you ever seen a crowd this big before at fencing? Uh, you know, this is about three or four people more than the largest crowd I've ever seen at fencing, which is zero. Now, the judge's decision here looks like he is saying, uh, yes, Andre, yes, you, you need to get a better haircut. Hair. Okay, yes, that's... Oh, I missed... Of course, that hand signal means keep, not uh, change. Sorry, I misread that, but uh, Andre's got the point. Oh, look at this. He's going for the stabby-stab again. Parried with a pokey-poke. Oh, and that was a great pokey-poke there for Andre. Pumps the fist. And he still doesn't get a point, though. The pokey-poke, not the favourite one of the judges there. This is controversial. Oh, and they both claim it then. Was that a pokey-poke, Jared? How do you see it? a pokey poke parried by a stabby stab so um really just depends what the judges prefer in terms of moves there let's take a look at this because alessio's got the point but this oh that's a bad call well they're going back to the judges mr john he's saying hang on a minute let's get the wife in what does the wife think 
And oh, bless Andre's gone. That's my wife. Yeah, my wife. See, she's up there. What What are you doing? Like, she's got nothing to do with this. She's the reward. Alessio is ahead in the game, though, here, Jared, from Alessio. He's keeping focus. Thumbs up, saying, yep, she's 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 a good she's a good route. So, like, let's get on with the bout. Yeah, he's done well to bribe the judges here, uh, making sure a fellow Baldy on the judging panel uh, is never a bad idea in the fencing. Ooh, look at the evasion skills there from Andre. He really oh, did I, do I the French Revolution well. Pulled his pinky there. It is not oh. looking good for Andre's pinky right now. And we know that coming into this bout, Jared, of course, Andre's pinky was a talking point of Germany, wasn't it? It's true. It was very touch and go whether he'd be competing or not without coming in with that pre-existing injury. And I love the way Alessia's holding that sword up, kind of taunting him, going, yes, this is what was in your wife last night. Bring it at me. It's, oh, they go in with a stabby stab together. Oh, and Andre's not happy. Helmet's up again. He's like, look at my hair. It's beautiful. I deserve the point. And Alessio kind of does the duck waving in the background, looks up at the wife and says, yeah, you're coming home to me. Oh, and they're back to Mr. John Collin. What's happening here? Oh, look at this. The judges are now admiring the wife. They say, no, I'm taking her home. No, 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 I'm taking her home. We may have a fencing match breaking up between the two judges here. This has got to be one woman. I think they're on her OnlyFans page there, pointing out which videos they're going to pay for an extra subscription. Look, he's saying that one there's pretty hot. And then the other judge is going, no, that one's more my favorite. Yeah, I don't know. Jared, I mean, how do you choose an OnlyFans video as a judge to... uh, try and salvage a, a point here for either Andre or Alessio. Oh, look, well, they can't decide. They might have to throw to uh, the crowd here. The crowd of three people may have to make the deciding choice. Oh, and he's, he's waving the arms in a slight fashion. He's saying, no, no, OnlyFans is going to be after the bout, and Alessio gets the point. So that's a fair standard fencing rule there, isn't it? But they are offering snacks and drinks for the viewing party later. So uh, a little bit of concession there. Yes, Alessio comes in the front foot. Andre's getting a little bit dancy there. He's pulling the Michael Jackson. Getting a bit front footy there. He's coming into the chase. Oh, and nothing there. No light up. Jackson versus Timberlake there on the mat. Whoa. Tell you what. Can't help this feeling versus Billy Jean. And at the end of the day, it's can't help this feeling. Gets at the point there for Alessio. No, he doesn't. Still 6-2. Wow. Oh, hang on. They're back at it again. And all oh, the hair comes out again. And he's putting his hand up going, okay, fair enough. My head just didn't quite stand the test of time. And Alessio keeps the helmet on. He he knows that Andre's wife knows what he looks like without that. And he's got a beautiful bald head. Which, Jared, in fencing, how much does the bald head help? Well, if there's a bald judge, like I've said, it helps a lot. But I think if the mask has stayed on, do we know if this is still Alessio? That's when a very the good point. Hand away, he may have switched to somebody else. It could yes. be Sydney 2000 gold medalist Miranda Frost. They, they have That's a double cool. in the wings there. Oh, and just playing with his sword a little bit now, there. Just getting himself ready for, for the wife later on there, Alessio. Now, who can explain the significance of the blinking light-up helmets? Does this help when you have zero visibility from behind these things? Look, I think it's uh, more of a, a thing to get the kids into fencing, Colin. Obviously, we know that uh, skateboarding and surfing is really getting the kids involved here at these uh Olympic Games, and aren't we are just completely enthralled by those sports? What a great addition by the AOC. But I think by using light ups and using a bit of uh, technology here that we're seeing, it kind of it gets the kids involved in a rave. So I believe a lot of kids around the world, particularly in Germany and Italy, they're actually listening to EDM while they're uh, watching this. And a bit of Daft Punk, because it's a bit of Daft Punk, of course, mm. with the helmets. The Tron yeah. Legacy connection right there. We're going to see light cycles coming in in 2028. Mm, and don't forget, it's almost like a laser tag helmet that the crowd can um, shoot in 
and um, get their favourite athletes multiple points. And anything to get the kids involved, I say. That's what I say. Oh, he's, he's toweling off the head now. Half it's time. getting a little bit slick. That that That's why the helmet's coming off now. It can't stay on with all the moisture on the scalp. Now, how, how do you see the, the first half of this? 9-2 uh, nine, nine is the score here. Uh, Alessio looking like he's going to be getting a bit luckier tonight with that sword. But, uh, Jared, uh, standard standard bout between these two. I mean, uh, how, how are you feeling if you're the wife right now? Oh, it's very one-sided at this point. Um, she's got to be anticipating another night with Alessio. Colin, uh, you, do you see anything differently here? I mean, uh, we're, we're just watching Andre have a skull of uh, the old uh, Michael's Magic Juice and uh, the coach yes. here yelling him. He's opened up a good old can of slam just to uh, <laughs> replenish his electrolytes, uh, get ready for a nice night out. Um, but you know what? Okay. At this point, the wife is the real winner because, wow, these are two real men right here. I want to say the German coach is not a real man. That was one crap hairstyle. So uh, clearly Andre... Now, who's in the background there? Was that Max? Where's Look, Max? This is a Waldo thing here. We're gonna... Where's Max? Let's find Max him. Max is around. Uh, Max is somewhere. We're sad that we're not watching Max. But uh, we're going to get uh, second... Uh, not not half, I should say. Second period. Just like hockey. We've got periods. And uh, first of 15 wins, of course. As... Oof. Didn't Alessio just do the stabby stab there? Classic Alessio move. He comes in now, he's, he's eyeing him off, he's fencing, he's fencing. Andre's fencing a little bit harder. Oh, he's being pushed back into the stripey stripes. This is dangerous now for Andre, not the stripey stripes. He hates the stripey oh. stripes. Oh, he's into the whitey whites. Oh, he's oh, no, no, his knee. No, oh. He's taken a knee. Wow. Not that the time to protest. protest. Not the time to protest. I respect Andre's stance there. Black lives do matter, but not in the middle of a fencing match. All lives matter at any point in these games. You want to win. He's gotten a point back now. It's 11-3. This is a bit of a blowout, Jared. It is. And taking the in protest, or was that a proposal that we just saw? Maybe he wants his wife back and he's trying to use some sneaky, sneaky methods. I don't know. It is just a bit of sport, remember, Jared. So I'm not quite sure how that plays out. But uh, This isn't even Andre's real discipline. I mean, this match is so much of a grudge that he moved up from picket to chain link just to be able to compete tonight against Alessio. Check out this move here from Alessio. You talk about the stabby stab and the pokey poke. This is the pokey stabby stab. I mean, that is just a classic Italian fencing move. And he moves up 12-3 now. Nearly a double-digit lead. As a, oh, and a nice little move there from Andre, but he's not happy. Alessio's rubbing the sword and neither scores there. Oh, he's just checking to make sure that the handle is in place. And yep. Yeah, that is a handle. Me. That is still there. We uh, get very close here, of course. Oh, and Whoa. into the point. Oh, and Alessio shakes the fist in anger. He wants to use a force against himself. Check this one out here. Andre, boom, and Alessio. Oh, mamma yeah. mia. He finds Andre's lack of faith disturbing. Oh, but there's the lack of faith return. Alessio gets it back, and he's two away from the round of 16. Right Man. now, what we're hearing behind that helmet is, it's all your fault. You turned her against me. Yes, we're seeing a lot of this during these Olympics, of course. Alessio just uh, really starting to push him back into the stripey stripes, but Andre says, ha-ha, you fell for it. You fell for my fake-out, and it's a good stripey stripe fake-out, Jared, which is a another traditional fencing move. Yeah, that's exactly where you want to get him in the stripe zone. Uh, and then duck, weave, bob, and stab. Colin, do you see Andre coming back? At this point, I think it is a lost cause. I mean, his best bet is just to 
rip off the mask of his opponent and stab him straight in the eye, which may happen. I have seen it once in fencing before. Um, it, it did end unpleasantly. I'm just looking up into the rafters here, and uh, Andre's wife is starting to get a bit panicked. I do believe that uh, she doesn't like Alessio's sword. She actually prefers her husband's sword, but it looks like she's going to be living with another man's sword for a while. Is that that point there? Alessio, no, didn't quite get awarded. I was about to say that was brings in match point. But he's going to fence hard and all into the shoulder almost there. And oh, look at this. Almost wow. off the mat, Alessio is losing his footing. This may be turning around. We're at 13 to 6 now. Closing Alessio the gap. pointing up at the rafters going, Come on, Mrs. Sunita, bring my sword to your face. It's coming home. And Alessio comes in now. He just loves holding his sword up there, whereas Andre's a little bit more flexible. He's a bit more dancing. The Michael Jackson into the stripe is tribe. Oh, danger here now. For this is going to be a fake out. It's going to be a fake out. No, he's going to push him away with his wrist. He's going to push him back into the middle zone. This is good for Andre. Oh. He's where he likes it. Oh, and into the body he goes. Andre with another point back. Back to within six now. Jared, it's getting into And look at him just there, holding up, saying, this is how big I am, but my wife still likes it. Yeah, Andre getting excited at this point that they come back maybe on. Well, the helmet's off here. Now, Alessio just uh, wants to remind everyone that he's bald. He's just going to showcase it to the crowd. It's almost like the Milan fashion walk. Oh, no, he's going wow. to the, he's getting the towel. And another knee here by Andre. He really loves protesting, doesn't he? And this, of course, uh, this official is Jenny. Uh, Jenny, of course, is from Emu Plains as well, Jared. I believe you know Jenny quite well. Yeah, Jenny is uh, the classic fencing official. And then we have Bob there who's brought out the uh, special spray for the Achilles again. Uh, remembering last time this occurred, Andre did score the next point. Um, so I think he knows he's within striking distance now of that lead. Uh, and he's going to guarantee the next point with that special spray. Now, also, Jenny and Bob will have a follow-up fencing match uh, to determine who gets to take home the loser of this. As we know, the wife takes the winner, but the loser will still be up for grabs because, hey, sexy is sexy. You know, you cannot deny even the loser in this match is a winner. Now, Alessio here just taunting Andre again. I believe he's uh, simply saying, yes, your wife was that good, and she will continue to be. Andre, I like the ignoring tactics here, though. He's not taking any of this crap. He just taps him on the thing and goes, yeah, you, we'll see who the real man is. We'll see. Uh, 13-7 now. Can Andre come back into it? As Jared mentioned, the magic spray helped him last time. He's on a two-point run. He comes in now. Put his sword down. Oh, he gets a bit aggressive there. He fences really hard. He slaps him down. Oh, no. Oh, he's not happy with that. Oh. Alessio that gets the match helps. point. The most animated slap since Jonathan LaPaglia and Melissa George. Wow. Tell you what, seven match points now here for Alessio. He just needs to slap him once into the stripey stripe, and he pushes there, but Andre says, no, no, let's uh, go again. On guard is the call. Alessio, oh, a bit of a headshot there from Andre. Now, is that double points, Jared, for a headshot? No. Yeah, it would be. It's um, really looked like he made that. They might need to check the batteries in his helmet. Oh, oh, and Andre got the point there, just oh, snuck it in before it lit up. Full right hook. The swords are about to be dropped here. Andre knows he's a point away from losing his wife. What can he do here? Oh, there it is. No, hang on. Alessio's saying Hold no. On. Wait, wait a second, people. Wait a second. I need to get my composure here. I think he's, I think he's saying he's a premature wifeinator. And oh, he's saying no. Hang on. No. I, I want to drag this out more. I want to keep the tension flowing. Off the podium are commentating on it. We don't want this to end quickly. And Judge John agrees. 
said, yes, and I'll there's a one rogue photographer in the background, the only one allowed there. Which I like to see. Too many photos are taken in fencing. Just keep it natural. We don't need photos to remember it. We remember it in our heads. There's all oh, this that, that, that win. I think that's and over. Yes, Alessio's done he's it. And isn't he happy? Wow. That is what I call an Italian celebration. You see the wedding ring there on Andre's finger, which he will have to remove. Now let's take a look at that. Oh, absolutely. Into the body. The soft spot right there. And Andre's saying, no, no, I will not give up my wife. But we're going to see here. They'll have to sign and make this official. Yep, Jim's saying, yep, wife over. That's it. Fist bump. Oh, good sportsmanship. Good sportsmanship from Andre to say, well, well done. You get my wife. And what a win there. Alessio Facini. Jared, typical match there by Alessio. I mean, let's be honest, never in doubt. He wanted the wife more. Yeah, just completely out of class there. Um, pulled a lot more of the stabby stab. Uh, whereas Andre was going for the pokey poke, and as we know in uh, rock paper scissors, stabby stab always beats pokey poke. Of course, he'll move now onto the round of 16. Colin, uh, what do you what do you think his chances are? As we're seeing a great slow motion replay here of Andre drinking water. Well, he's going to have to set his uh, sights on a whole bunch of other wives because there are many more rounds to go. Um, by the end of this, he may actually go home with about four or five different women, uh, and. Good on you for that. I mean, this is if this is what it takes to win that type of motivation, then uh, you are the champion to me. Now, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I would say if I was to change anything there by Andre, is maybe use a helmet where you can actually see out of it. Might have helped him slightly. The German flag, probably the wrong choice there. And uh, uh -huh. probably a bit overuse of the magic spray as we just saw there, Bob, do that. But uh, what an event. Fencing. Kids are getting into this all across the globe. And there's a reason for it. The result again, 15-8. Alessio Ficini defeating Andre Sinita. And now, not only through to the round of 16, but has a round of women to enjoy tonight. Thank you for joining us here from the Fencatorium. We'll speak to you next time. Wow, what excitement and drama there, Jared. I never knew that fencing was that personal when it came to just uh, playing for women. I feel that should be illegal in 2021. You would think so with the whole dual flag bearers, but um, here we are. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, um, just some couple of late results filtering through while we record. I mentioned, obviously, the uh, the taekwondo and the table tennis were still happening. I can give you the results for those. Uh, for the taekwondo and the men's 80 kilos, gold has gone to rock. Rock a rocking it through here, everyone. Uh, Laying Maxim. the smackdown. Welcome back, Colin. You came back for the rock gold. Uh, Maxim. I'm, I'm, I just want to say, I'm on vacation and I have taken two phone calls in this episode about work. Like, this and is let me I'm guess, you get paid $40? Off. Oh, boo hoo. <laughs> um, Maxim Kremtkov defeated Jordan Saleh Elshrabati. For that bout, uh, and in the women's 67 kilos, it was gold to Matija Jelic from Croatia, who beat a Brit. Yes, in your face, Britain. Lauren Williams got the silver in there. Bronze went to Egypt in the men's. Safe Aisa beat the uh, greatest team nation of Norway in Taekwondo. And you could have had a gold and a bronze today, Norway. What are you doing? If this is the Winter Olympics, you would have done it. Um, and also, is this a, is this similar to judo, where all of a sudden there's multiple bronze medalists? Apparently there is. Um, Ivory Coast got a bronze. So did Croatia again. Two Croatian medals today. Good for them. Uh, and Egypt, I went over that. Uh, two, two Egypt bronze. Wow, Egypt are doing everything today. Good on you, Egypt. 
your pyramids are pyramids finally happening there. Um, and the table tennis, the uh, mixed doubles gold went to Japan. Wow. That's a boil over. Beat China. Have China ever lost in table tennis before? I believe this is this could be a huge result here. Um, sweep in the chi- diving's gone. The sweep in the table mm-hmm. tennis is wow. gone. Let's just next thing you know, now. communism collapses. Jeez, Chinese Taipei took the bronze. They beat France as they should. So, um, <laughs> wow, I'm shocked at that. That's massive. Uh, so the medal tally. Get on board, Team Japan, everyone. The hosts are yeah. shitting it in. Eight gold, two silver, three bronze. America have definitely caught up after their uh, terrible day one. Seven gold, three silver, four bronze for 14. China, who National Enquirer right now. Six gold, five silver, seven bronze only in third. Rocker doing the thing that they needed to do. Four gold, five silver, three bronze in fourth. And Britain, who uh, fifth place, three gold, three silver, one bronze. Australia currently in seventh with two gold, one silver, three bronze. Canada, you're nearly in the top ten. One gold, two silver, one bronze, four. Just a note here looking down the bottom. Ah, oh, New Zealand dead last in one bronze in equal 46th place. And uh, how are our Dutch friends going? The great nation that's expected to sweep all before them. Oh, they've only won three silver. Currently being beaten by Uzbekistan, Hong Kong, Slovenia, and Kosovo. And don't forget Tunisia. Tunisia. So, um, come on, Dutch, pick it up. Jesus, Max Verstappen's winning the Formula One. You should be winning the Olympics here as well. What did we watch today, boys? Colin, what did you see outside of what you've already mentioned? Uh, well, I mentioned the triathlon and the swimming, um, uh, beach volleyball. Uh, I actually watched the women's beach volleyball last night and currently watching the men's beach volleyball right now, Norway or Norwegia, as I like to call them against Spain. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I, unfortunately I didn't have as much time as I would have liked, uh, to catch up on a lot of events, but, um, the, the three X three basketball, I'm still trying to watch every single match that's actually put out there. And uh, the judo also I tuned in. I still have yet to watch the gold and silver. Ben did spoil it, but my memory is not too good, and I couldn't really understand his pronunciation of the name. So uh, Slovetsia one, Colin Slovetsia one. Well, thanks for spoiling it again. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sure that Boris Chivchenko will be very thrilled for that. Uh, download our Beautician and the Beast coverage available on all of our other podcasts. Jared, uh, what did you watch? You you must have been up early if you caught the triathlon. Yeah, triathlon, a little bit of archery, some tennis, some hockey, some handball. It was a busy day. Um, I saw lots of Australians choke today, but um, we saw some. It was just like the middle part of the day that was bad for Australia. Yep. The the, the morning and and the night were great. Just that kind of middle section, but disregarding that. Um, yeah, just catching little glimpses of lots of sports today, which was good. Yeah, I had a bit of a busy day too. Caught uh, some surfing. I caught the skateboarding, archery, rugby, swimming, uh, the fencing, of course. Uh, didn't catch any of the handball today. A bit disappointed. I, I need to always watch that. Saw some of the water polo, a bit of the hockey, the gymnastics I'm watching right now, um, the canoeing, the, the slalom as well. So, yeah, it was a bit of a mixed uh, mixed day when it came to the viewing which is great uh, always like to maybe one day we'll just be like fuck it today we're just watching sailing all day <laughs> and i will say i saw some sailing today they showed some sailing so uh whew, wasn't that going off goodness are we commentating the sailing at once during these olympics please tell me we are do a four-hour episode on it yeah why not uh we, we seem to get longer and longer every single uh day with that um 
Now, CBC and Channel 7. I've got a few things I want to add to the Channel 7 as kind of a, a sidebar which can kind of cover both. But, um, Colin, do we have any standouts from the Canadian coverage today? No, it was a pretty uh, pretty solid day for Canadian commentary. Really, the only slip-up came uh, the overnight anchor was recapping uh, an event. I don't even know what the event was. And at one point, they're still showing like preliminary stuff, and she's going over this happened and this happened in the results. And suddenly realizes that her teleprompter is probably a good five or 10 seconds ahead of what the video is showing. And she goes, I should probably wait around until everybody can watch this along with me. My apologies, everybody. And that was it. That was wow. the only slip up the whole day. Well, good on you, Canada, for having a good day in the pool and on the judo mat and in the commentary booth. That's what we like to hear. Um, Jared, did you have any of anything of note today? Uh, not too much outside the usual. We did have uh, Joanna Griggs uh, before they crossed to the archery say that Australia won their first ever medal in archery in Rio. Can they do it again today? Wow, you may want Joe, to fact check that. Uh, given our esteemed history in yes. the sport of archery, you know, come on, one of the best medals of Sydney actually, and we won a bronze also in Athens too. Maybe she meant. Okay, I will stand up for Joe. Maybe she meant our first team because that was our first team medal in. She could have meant it, but she should have worded it that way. Come on, Jared. We know Edwina and my little feud back in Pyeongchang, you know, like uh, they make mistakes. Um, but, yeah, any, anything else of note tonight? No, nothing really apart from that. I, I got a few, and then I, uh, a talking point for you guys today. Uh, our skateboarders this morning, our, our commentators, I don't, again, I don't care for their names. Um, <laughs> one of the skateboarders landed and did well. So the commentator said... She's so happy, I'm so into that. It's good. Um, I think that was it. That's all I've written there. Um, now, <laughs> Lisa Jones said, uh, and I don't know how to take this, Emma McKeon has such a strong back end. I mean, I guess what she was trying to go for the leg. Colin's raising the eyebrows. So, I mean, um, well, it's true, but I shouldn't yeah. say it. <laughs> yep. Um, when it came to the archery, we didn't have our Kiwi friend. We had snooty British guy who really hated Australia. He was so negative I against wonder, us. Wait, hold on. They're negative against us. They're so negative towards Australians, bunch of jerks. Yeah, well, no wonder we hate those bastards. Um, <laughs> talking up one of the Chinese Taipei archers, to which he said, oh, he's so happy to be in Japan. He loves Japanese comics and anime. I'm sure he'll be stacking up on them before he goes home. Cool. <laughs> Done his research, I guess. Like, so Are they you know? discounted there? Like, is is that the motivation? Maybe. I will say we got a positive comment by Liesl Jones about Canada, Colin. You'll like this one. Uh, I think this is talking about Maggie, uh, who broke the Oceana record. I don't know if we mentioned that. But uh, Liesl Jones mentioned, if we want anyone to break an Australian Oceanic record, we want it to be a Canadian. So, <laughs> how is it an oceanic record, though, if it's a Canadian? They're not in Oceania. Like, that makes no sense. So, anyway. Uh, I did like it when they cut to the pods at one point, and Dawn Fraser was loving it. She was on a phone. <laughs> like, yeah. you got the family all like, yeah, yeah. Dawn Fraser literally sitting there on a phone, like, checking a TikTok or something like that. Uh, I have no idea. Um, the, the, the other line that I like from Basil, we've, we've gone over his coronation celebration to become a legend, beat a legend from Tasmania to Queensland to the Olympic final. Um, sure. 
Um, the one thing I wanted to um, point out to the family is I think it was our friend Edwina was talking about Paddy Mills and I, one of Paddy Mills' parents apparently uttered the line, if he can carry the flag, he can carry the bins out. So I think Paddy Mills is going back home to take the bins out back home in Australia. Um, and, yeah, that, well, actually, I wanted to comment quickly, Bill Woods. Uh, I grew up loving Bill Woods as a Channel 10 personality. He used to anchor the Formula 1 coverage and really smart motorsport motor guy, like really knows his stuff. He used to do a lot of the V8s, and I, I didn't realise he'd switch to Channel 7. Not only has he switched to Channel 7, Jared, he's a, he's a switcheroo man. He was commentating the tennis and then he went from commentating the tennis to the softball. Bill Woods can do it all. Wow. That's uh, some diversity to move across those sports. And the thing is, though, like, it's not just like they've gotten when they used to get um, Tom Williams in the canoeing. I remember when Tom Williams would commentate canoeing because, of course, why not? Um, and the fact that you've got, um, you know, esteemed Olympian Luke Darcy uh, anchoring things. But, like, Lee, Bill Woods came in that knowing his stuff. He was dropping quotes and everything about tennis and the softball. He, like... Let's be honest, we didn't lose to Mexico. We lost to America B because essentially Bill Woods was saying that all of them play in America and all failed to make the American team, so they went down and represented Mexico. So, you know, that that's an excuse. But, yeah, good on you, Bill Woods. I, I appreciate uh, your knowledge. The one I want to talk about, because this kind of leads into some of the things that were happening. When uh, Mr. Watkins was out there uh, doing well on the canoeing, apparently the talking point turned into the fact that... Uh, People seem to like the way he looked because apparently the talk of the Aussie media was that he was a bit of a Brad Pitt cross with Chris Hemsworth. So this was getting... What's his tongue- name? Uh, Dan Watkins. So uh, look him up. You're, you're into this now. Oh, this guy sounds sexy. Um, oh, we're going to have to get Jamie watching this guy. I mean, he's a good-looking rooster. Let's be honest. He's got the biceps. Like, you know, this is a guy that I'm sure when he comes back down to the Huon Valley is going to get a lot of people picking apples with him. But... I have to say, whoever this guy was doing the interviews at the finish line, you know, pulls him aside. Dan, like, you know, good job. Yep, yeah, yeah how you feeling? You're, oh, a bit disappointed. I got a bit stuck, but I made an Olympic final. Oh, yeah, no, oh, all your family back in Tassie will be watching. Yeah, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. You know, looking forward to getting back to Hobart. Great. The follow-up. Yeah, so the uh, tongues are wagging back home. You might be the newest eligible bachelor back there. What are you thinking about that? And to which he's a bit chuffed. Oh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Now, I just wanted to point this out because, okay, he's sexy, he's hot, great, fantastic, good for him. Now, our Norwegian triathlete, the other bit that made the news was that he was wearing a bit of a tight-fitting outfit that was a bit revealing, and you could basically see his you know, slong as he cross line. <laughs> Dong, thank you. I, I forgot our word. Uh, so, and all these headlines were like, ha you could see his dong. Oh, it's revealing. Oh, isn't he quite a talented man? This is coming on the same day where one of the biggest news stories at the Olympics are the fact that the German gymnastics team decided to wear bodysuits to desexualize gymnasts at the Olympics. Now, I'd like to say the words double standards, and I'm going to. Why are we celebrating the fact that, yeah, women, you know, stop Ben perving on the gymnasts. <laughs> and yet at the same time we're going, oh, check out the Norwegian triathlete's dick. And, oh, isn't he sexy? <laughs> He's going to get a lot of tail when he comes back to Tasmania. Well, I mean, I know it's 2021 and we're, you know, whatever, but, like, come on. Colin, you're the wow. man for equality on this show. This isn't fair. Look, we've we've heard Jamie's interest in the Olympics comes down to only uh, (laughs) 
following people on Instagram once she uh, appreciates them. And every once in a while, the crotch bulges of the diving, uh, which also get her attention. So this is not a male female thing. This is just, this is, this is humans. And everybody is sexualized. It's the Olympics. I mean, we're talking about the fittest, most attractive people in the world. You know, they're there to admire. And on that note, everyone should watch the Swedish handball team. Just saying. Uh, Jared, what do you think about this? I mean, I don't, as a Tasmanian, I feel often sexualized for my penis. Jamie just gave a comment on that. Sorry, Jared, to interrupt you. On, on On the Swedish handball team or my penis? Yeah, she's just talking about Jay Litherland being really hot. She's like, that's right, Jay <laughs> oh, Litherland, yeah. really hot. <laughs> Perv, if I say that about anyone, I get shot down. Jared, sorry, yes, your <laughs> viewpoint on this. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's definitely a bit of double standards going on. And they, the Olympics have put in so many measures with their um, anti-sex beds and uh, oh, just all <laughs> the work that they've put in just to be um, downtrodden by a see-through triathlete's uniform. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so what, people? Like, he's got a penis. He's a man. So, you know, I'm not saying you can don't have to be a man to have a penis. It's 2021. I don't know. But, like, good on him for showing it. It was decent for a Norwegian, so good for him. For a Norwegian. Um, for a Norwe- we know Norwegians have little penises. So, I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> that's why they're all winter Olympians. They shrink. Come on. <laughs> Hello to all our Norwegians listening today. I think that's our, hang on a minute, our 43rd country we've offended since we began in 111 <laughs> episodes. We're doing well. Nearly got offensive bingo at number 50. Um... Before we wrap up, a couple other things. Uh, I should mention, we talked about Max liking our tweet. Who liked our Instagram post last night, everyone? Colin! Penny! Penny! And the real Penny. We were, the we're real so Penny. Exci- In Rio, we got so excited that a Penny Alexiak liked our tweet until we did a little digging and realized it was obviously a fake Penny Alexiak. This was the real, confirmed, checkmarked yep. Penny Alexiak. The the 100% legit, the uh, this is a cold call girl herself, Penny Alexiak, <laughs> one medal away from being Canada's most decorated summer Olympian ever, liked our Instagram post. We've made it, everyone. We've interviewed it's- Tessa Virtue. We've interviewed Zali Stegel. Doesn't matter because Penny Alexiak liked our Instagram, which means she's not going to win any more medals moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> The curse isn't in the purse yet. It's still there. Um, I should also mention, I was going to leave. I'm so disappointed. I, I don't even read my own notes. Not only was it a great day for Tasmania at the Olympics, can I just say, Tasmania today uh, was ranked the number one economy in all of Australia. So in your face, rest of Australia, we've got gold medalists and we've got the best economy and we haven't had COVID in over a year. So <laughs> everyone come to Tasmania. We've got apples and shit. Um... <laughs> Can we also mention the US, for the first time since 2004, lost a game of basketball. So that's a bit of a upset. Well, Anyone? we saw how it went for them in 2004 as well. Is this a prediction of things to come? Well, they lost to France. So, uh, I mean, that says oh, enough. French. So, oh, you know what we haven't done? Athlete of the day. I'm forgetting. Yeah. Our number I've got a good one too. Colin's like looking at me with scowly eyes. Jared's <laughs> there sitting there on his one for hours going, God, Ben, shut up. Get to my favorite segment. All right, Colin, Mr. I've got one ready to go. Give me a good one. All right. I'm really hoping you guys can get on board with this because we, we have some big wins, obviously, some some medals, some gold medals, uh, some silver, some bronzes all around for our home countries. But I'm going to put out there good old China's gold medalist Lee Fabian in the weightlifting, uh, the 61 kilo, uh, kilogram category. Uh, so not only did he win with his winning lift, but he did it on one leg. 
Now, he has said afterwards that this was just a spur of the moment thing where it was just a correction. It was an awkward like correction of, you know, the weights transferring. So let me go up on one leg. But this has become such a big thing that he did it on one leg. When you look up this guy online, most of them say he won a gold medal in weightlifting standing on one leg. Uh, and it started as a mistake, but now he actually quoted saying, I know that this move appeases the audience, but I don't suggest someone to learn or make the same move. To me, the record is not the Olympic record. It is my own record. I just wanted to break my own record. I wanted to make sure my body could be in good condition for the next competition in China. This guy is so conditioned that him being cautious of his body means I'm going to stand on one leg while lifting 172 kilograms in a, uh, a clean jerk. This guy is my hero. Colin, I I mean, it sounds like a great guy, but i got to say, I think by the fact that he won gold about two days ago, uh, well, a day ago, kind of cancels the whole fact of athlete of the day. So I feel you're a oh, day this late. this only made the news here in Canada today. Yeah, look, I, I want to be the technical guy on this podcast, but I feel like he gets disqualified for the fact that he won it. You should have won it yesterday. So, well, it was yesterday somewhere. It was today somewhere else. <laughs> no, it's bad like call. Sands through the hourglass. These are the days of our <laughs> well, lives. Well, on that note, I'm going to change mine to uh, Mark Spitz. Uh, <laughs> he's my athlete <laughs> of the day. <laughs> Winning seven gold medals. That's no mean feat. Come on. <laughs> Jared, is yours Ian Thorpe? <laughs> oh, if only. Dawn Fraser. I'm putting up Jesse Owens then. <laughs> Edwin Flack. Um, no, sorry, Colin, doesn't count, but good try. Um, <laughs> Jared, Canadians your are athlete? really behind on their coverage. This was like an overnight thing. And this just in. <laughs> you really are. And this just in. Oh, Calgary have won the 1988 Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had a winner here. <laughs> Come on, Colin, get with it. Uh, Jared, who's your nominee? I'm nominating, uh, it's got to be the Norwegian triathlete um, Blumfeldt um, from the choice of the see-through uh, uniform to vomiting on the finish line to vomiting again five meters from the finish line to then being kind of like put into like a wheelchair and wheeled off to the marshalling area I just think that's that's the way you want to finish a triathlon let's add the way he crosses the finish line where he's looking over his shoulder every three seconds expecting that somebody's going to gain about 400 meters on him. He's like, are they there? Are they here yet? No, 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 not yet. And then as he crossed it, he's like, Hey guys, I want it. <laughs> now look, I, 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 I am going to like, I'll still put mine up, but I, I, I want us to go with, with Christian here because there's a, one thing I want to add about the, the, his win. My nominee was going to be Dan Watkins just because he's a sexy goddamn rooster who canoed his way into our hearts. Um, but, um, and he's going to get laid when he gets back to Tasmania. <laughs> so actually, no, screw that. He's going to, come back here and take away my chances on tinder no <laughs> come on that's one more guy's more attractive than boo you daniel watkins you guys used to be in the same league but now he's a league up now he's an olympian i'm screwed with that um no i want to go with christian actually because i think with christian as well can we not undersell the fact that he is from freaking norway like i mean this is again a winter nation that like, mm-hmm. this is triathlon like do they even have beaches in norway like i'm looking at his stats here he's obviously won a fair few bit in the the world cup so it's not like this is a, an unexpected win but this is their first ever medal in triathlon um but i mean i don't really rank norwegians as good triathletes this is i'm sure that's how norwegians go oh sven do you see australia won a medal in skiing ha 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 now we're like ah oh, g'day mate fucking norway won a bloody golden triathlon yeah right 
Like, it's the next Tunisia. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, for the achievements, he's got a nice dick. He vomits. Uh, he's from Norway, <laughs> so, I mean, it ticks oh, all my boxes. But, I wouldn't want him know, to be on my until, Tinder. <laughs> until he can complete a triathlon on one leg, I don't think he's better than Lee Fabin. <laughs> Colin, get it on the right day and you would have won that one. I'm sorry, like, you, you, you were on the ball. That was a clear winner. But, you know, like, no. Otherwise, well, let's I, revise I, yesterday. Goodbye, Ahmed. Well, I, I'm nominating Chloe Esposito every single day. Like, she gets my vote every single day. It's that simple, you know? Uh, Dale Begg-Smith every day. In, in Beijing next year, Dale Begg-Smith will get it one day. Uh, maybe he'll show up. I mean, he does often show up five minutes before the Olympics. Hey, guys, I want to represent Australia again. Um, I'd love so much. Oh, please, Dale, please do it. Um I don't have any seven or CBC tweets. I didn't go into that. Couldn't be bothered. Um, but uh, fan things, I we've all recorded one. Do we really want to hear another one? Nah, we we, we yeah, we've done we'll, it. Today. We've got nothing we'll, to do with. It. We're we'll do a fans. Off for a day. Penny Alexiak's a fan of us now. <laughs> we don't need to <laughs> care about that. Tomorrow there are twenty-two medals being decided. Twenty-two medal events, I should say. That would make about sixty-six medals being decided. Ben, tomorrow, if you want to be technical, uh, those include uh, another. Big day for us on Off the Podium because we've got two chances to break the curse, the curse in the purse. Obviously, Kylie, but uh, Catherine Pendrell in the uh, the mountain bike. Colin, is she a chance? Um, I, I don't want to say this. I think her best days are behind her. Um, <laughs> this is probably her last Olympics. I mean, we we might see an upset, but I think she, she scraped by last time. She's. I just want to say how impressive she's there. She had a baby only a few months ago. And this is mountain biking. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, a lot of these sports, yeah, you can have a baby and you can come back. But, like, this is a very intense sport. So good good for you, Catherine Pendrell. I mean, one of the two Canadian mommies that are representing this time. 40 years old. Good on her. Go, go you good thing. So, yeah, I mean, clearly she's been on the show, so she's not going to do well. But, but you hey, know what will be great is if after the curse goes for this long, the one time where we're like, nah, she's not going to break the curse. If she's the one who does it, Wow. Well, she would have until you said that, Colin. Like, <laughs> learn, Just shut up, Colin. <laughs> learn, Colin, learn. Um, but, yeah, I, we'll be keeping an eye on the 100 back. I believe that is the one that we might bring you commentary of tomorrow. The women's triathlon is tomorrow as well. The women's artistic team all around and the gymnastics is happening. We've got our first taste of team fencing tomorrow. And, oh, Jared, how have I missed this? Are you counting down the minutes until team dressage tomorrow? I am counting down the seconds. Oh, aren't we all? But uh, for an Australian perspective. Girl horse, Robin horse. (laughs) I mean, Emma Emma McEwen. I keep going to say McKeon. Uh, Kaylee McEwen. Ben, get your swimmers right. Jesus Christ, you're the expert on this show, apparently. Um, Obviously, we're keeping an eye on her, but... uh, is, is the Kathy Freeman of these Olympics just tomorrow, Jared? I, I believe she might have a bronze and a silver. I haven't seen them advertised out in Channel 7 before. Can she complete the set, Jared? You know what? I've got a really bad feeling Me about too. it. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> but, but not so much that she doesn't medal, but I just, bronze is just in my mind. Yeah, I just, like, I, I, I really am feeling bad about tomorrow. Like, and But the thing I'll say is that even if she doesn't make the final because they're doing the similar thing with the men. They'll do a semi, but like Jess is just happy. Like I love Jess for the fact that even when she won the bronze in Rio and everyone was like, Oh, disappointing. She was thrilled. She was so happy. Like she just, she's always smiling. She's so happy. So 
yeah, I'm not feeling it. I just, I just, I feel weird about tomorrow. And I don't like saying mm. that. Come it's on, good that Jess. She's got like another event though. I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah. And I just hope that she doesn't qualify as the fastest for the final. Cause I don't want to have to sit and wait for everybody else for her just to be at the end. Like, please just like scrape into the final, like honestly yeah. qualify 10th and then be the first person to like go through the run. The one I just thing don't that want to sit through with that anticipation. I do. I really like, um, cause one thing I love about all many things I love about the winter Olympics is I love the events where you kind of have the gold, silver and bronze medalists waiting for the next person to come down. Uh, and this is one of those events that the, one of the rare ones at the summer Olympics you've got. So I love the fact that you have the three and they're like, you know, they're secretly cheering for everyone to fuck up. Um, and basically they go, Oh, so um yeah but uh, outside of that i would say that we have a softball medal to play for but no we don't um i believe i we incorrectly oh sorry i'll rephrase that i incorrectly said that uh the matildas played today they play tomorrow against usa so uh we'll see how we go there and uh plenty of other exciting things happening tomorrow on day four wow look at us go we're plowing plowing through what as i think i started yesterday jared is there anything particular outside don't answer the dress arch we know that's your answer but i mean what are you looking forward to tomorrow i mean it's got to be that canoeing because it is just such a potential medal event um but then also the soccer because it is kind of a, a make or break game um it'd be nice to win and not have to sit and wait for other results to see if we can qualify to the knockouts as the top two third ranked teams in the pool like it just would be nice to get yeah. the winner against the u.s and just know that we're through the knockout rounds rather than sitting and hoping for other countries to fail and look i'm going to say this because i think we were such a lock for the bronze medal game the softball but clearly how did we go um i feel that even if we lose one goal we're good because you know obviously we, we've we've had that but you know we'll see how we go with that but uh, i've got this weird feeling that we're going to make it through the quarters and we're probably going to fucking play canada in the quarterfinals so um, and we, yeah, anyway, uh, Colin, what, are, what are you looking Yeah, for oh, Canada? <laughs> what are you looking forward to tomorrow? Um, well, obviously the hundred meter backstroke would be the big one. And, uh, let's add the, uh, the, the woman's triathlon. Uh, so we can hopefully finally get the desexualization of that sport when we have equal opportunity vomiting, uh, from the winner. Yeah. So, so should I, I definitely in there. Uh, I think I'm just, I'm chomping at the bit, champing at the bit, whatever you want to say for the hundred meter uh, back, I think, uh, yeah, we should be talking this up more. The race that stops a nation tomorrow. It's gonna, two nations, two nations, three nations. Three, let's add America. Suck yeah. it, America. Suck it, America. Uh, if you haven't listened to our uh, great commentary yesterday, it's brilliant. We are so good commentators. We should be doing this more. So, uh, after the fencing today, why wouldn't I say that? Uh, everyone who's listening, thank you for tuning in. Remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on Instagram and all those other channels as well. Hashtag OTP. Get involved on there. We are the Instagram account that Penny Alexia liked. So, uh, therefore, that makes us special. Very, very special. It's been a golden day for Tasmania. What a day. Jared, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to always have you on the show. Thank you. It's been great. And Colin, yeah, you're all right. Uh, I'm golden too, just so you know. <laughs> no. Uh, we'll speak to you tomorrow on Off the Podium. Thanks for listening and good night. Turning Japanese up, they come turning Japanese up.